1: filtered
2: news
0: real news welcome everyone to the Tory says show i'm your host tory today is april 11th 2019 the day before the no brexit deal so today we're going to have a special show the first hour We're just going to talk about what's really going on, stuff that we talked about last week, published an article on Friday about it, and I'm going to give you an insight uh, that people have not been paying attention. I've always said it on my show, pay attention. Now, I just wanted to explain in the second hour, I will have Cindy Gomez-Shemp with me along with Oscar, uh, who has been reporting from the Mexican side. Uh, It will be live on air through your radio waves and talk stream live and however you listen to us but i promise you that i will upload the podcast within an hour after completing the show but in the second hour i will tweet out a facebook link where you can actually see cindy's wonderful face And listen to the show and watch videos that she's going to play for uh, the audience there as well. So it'll be an incredible explosive expose on border security. It'll be uh, two hours. The first hour will be played live on air and it will also be attached to the podcast. And uh, you can follow it uh, through Live through red state talk radio uh but the third hour you can actually hop on to the facebook link that i will be tweeting um and i will also guide you how to get there so without further ado i want to play a little bit of a song for you guys just to get you in the mood here we go I think everyone was singing along with me, right? Why do I say that, guys? Here's why I'm saying it. Let's just start off right at the bat so I can get you in the zone so you can see how we don't pay attention, how everyone banks on us forgetting things and the illusions that come with it. So if you noticed in my articles all the time on Torysays.com. I'll have some weird things written in there. Uh, Not weird things, sorry. It'll be very coherent, but you have to pay attention to where I just throw in a phrase or an opinion or where I bold in hashtags with words or names. Now, in there, I told you, when he is extradited to the United States, he will tell you what is going on. And none of the people that saw the arrest of Assange were really paying attention. I even said he's going to give a thumbs up to all of us, anyone who actually knows what's going on. And I've been on this from the beginning, from when DARPA started manipulating us on the Chelsea Manning. That is well documented. To follow our conversations, to see how we can sway, because we need to talk about Bradley slash Chelsea Manning. We need to talk about that. But before we do, let's listen to someone who has been explaining this. This will make you understand just how people are not paying attention. And they're not paying attention to understand how the mainstream media is simply an illusion. And sometimes even the good guys have to be part of that illusion because a lot of people are like, well, did you see President Moreno? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But when you are taking down monsters, you tango. Listen. Listen
3: news magazine of the screen. Living glimpses of history in the making. Hollywood and Washington is a symbiotic relationship. They both deal with illusions. Reality doesn't often uh, play much of a part. I think I saw through the myth of the uh, Cold War almost from the beginning. I was a Washington political kid from a political family. Roosevelt first had radio because he had a, this great speaking voice and everyone liked to hear.
2: This Truman is proceeded Gore to break Vidal. every
3: arrangement that Roosevelt had set up for a peaceful coexistence. And Truman thought that it would be a good idea. Why not just stay armed all the time? And then he devised the national security state. You've got to go up and swear allegiance to the United States or else you're a commie. I mean, we, we had imported fascism. We get Dwight Eisenhower, who said that we have this great military industrial complex. It is a dangerous thing. And he said this is going to change everything. And the way our countries govern, is going to change us politically. Along comes Jack Kennedy, who wanted to make his mark, believed in the Cold War. But he said in this kind of politics, It is the appearance of things that matters. I think everybody should take a sober look at the world about us. The national security state still exists, only it isn't communism anymore, it's terrorism. This is the most serious thing that has happened in the history of the United States. Knowledge is power. We need an honest new system. We need the real news. This is the sort of thing we can build right now without anyone else's permission from the government or from the business community. It's the powers in our hands. If we're not going to sleepwalk into more wars, we think we need to start with a television news network that won't bow to pressure and has the courage to seek facts. And that means independent economics. And that's why we need you. Make a tax-deductible donation now of at least $10 a month or a one-time give of at least $75.
0: All right, guys, that was a documentary of The Real News. It's real, The realnews.com from back in 2008. The man you were hearing talking is Gore Vidal. And when Assange just sat there in the car and gave the world a thumbs up, he ensured to posture the book to advise all of you that this is simply an illusion. Remember that. So let's break down what's really going on with Assange. See, I mentioned in you know a way that I won't have people asking questions because, you know, when I was breaking this stuff on the Mandan massacres, no joke, I had an investigator call me and say, did you have prior knowledge to this uh, massacre? Because my sources were that good. My information is that good. And things like... People knowing things or walking thin lines because they may have great sources or maybe they're psychic or maybe they're time travelers, whatever you want to call it. You have to be very careful what you put out there and what you say, right? Kind of like you, you know, people are like, why is it so cryptic? Why not come out? Because sometimes if you come out too hard, people will start asking questions about you. So pay attention to what is really happening How the stars have aligned, how I said, oh, isn't it serendipity that all of this is happening at once? That we have the FISA application warrants under scrutiny to be unredacted and released to the public. How we know in there we have what? Many, many heads of many, many countries around the world in there that conspired to manipulate the United States' electoral processes. Not only that, they further conspired to overthrow a duly elected president of the United States. (laughs) That's also in the Mueller report. That gives us superior leverage. Superior. Remember, tomorrow, they were supposed to come up with a Brexit deal or else they'd exit with no deal. And the EU, air quote, caved. They caved, right? And they were like, okay, we'll give you an extension till October 31st. But you better hold EU elections within the United Kingdom, even though you want to exit, because you're still part of us, and you still need to follow our laws. You better make sure you do it. Sounds like the people of the United Kingdom are being held hostage. (laughs) So here's where it gets interesting. This was actually being discussed with the EU. So when they announced it, it had already happened. It was just dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And the thing is, people are so not able to think on their own to see the cues. All last week, we had worldwide leaders and corrupt ones like Barack Hussein Obama visiting and discussing things. Right? Merkel, for the first time, showed concern of Julian Assange being extradited to the United States. First time last week, we saw that the United Nations decided, oh, he has civil rights, he has human rights. We are so worried. But now, now you're worried? You're worried now that the United Kingdom is forced to hand over Julian Assange to us? I mean, we did write out an indictment for him, right? Last year in March. Last year in March, where if you check the indictment, the foreman's name is redacted. I wonder who that is. And last year in February, or was it January? Dana Rockberger from the representative, Republican representative Dana from California went where? Oh, yeah, that's right. London to the Ecuadorian embassy where he met with Julian Assange people forget so easily but here's where they forget and don't pay attention because the media just gives you that illusion you're not paying attention Chelsea Manning was deposed in March of 2018 was constantly deposed up to the point where she stood on a ledge oh I'm so sorry my friends but then retracted that Let's talk about Manning, right? Manning was pardoned. Why did they get? Par- Why did she get pardoned? Why? I mean, after all, she copied information off of our networks while in Iraq and mailed it to Julian Assange, didn't she? Hmm, that's interesting. Why did Barack Hussein Obama, before exiting the White House, pardon her? Isn't it funny how Manning entered male, tried to commit suicide multiple times, and while in the brig decided, wanted to be female? Are we blaming the fact that that she was a trapped female in a male body that coerced her or made her think that she needed to expose the atrocities going on in Iraq? I mean, which one was it? Or was she psychologically kneeled to comply. Why is Manning in prison right now? Why is she in jail? What is What questions is she refusing to answer to the grand jury? Why were you pardoned? When did you have this conversation about suddenly saying that, oh, I gave part of my uh, password to Julian Assange and he was really trying to crack it. When did you decide to... Give that information because that information wasn't present. And you know what's funny? Barack Hussein Obama wrote an executive order about classified information and how it's handled and how it's distributed just uh, what? Just on the cusp where Manning was discovered to have stolen information. Isn't that a coincidence? Super coincidence, isn't it? People... Are there so many coincidences? They don't even realize that as they have set us up, we have set them up from the beginning. People that have entered and exited in the administration, all part of it. They don't know that. They're just too dumb to see it. Did you see how the U.S. House of Commons is freaking out after Julian Assange was arrested? And Julian Assange told all of us, he's fine. It's just an illusion. Pretty interesting, isn't it? What is Manning not talking about to the grand jury? When did you really tell the people that were questioning that you might have been discussing passwords was it four years, four years later, three years later? Was it after your sex change? You, you're psychologically unstable. You tried to kill yourself in the brig. Why? What was it that drove you to that? What drove you to saying, I need to change my sex? What kind of questions or pressures were put on you? How many times a day were you questioned When did they stop questioning you when you were just fulfilling your sentence? Hey, this document says that so many years down the line, you remembered this. How did you not remember it when they caught you? You were deposed in March of 2018, weren't you? Or not? Let's look at this uh, indictment. Let's break it down. So this is from March 2018 term. Term. General allegations are that Manning, formerly Chelsea Manning, formerly known as Bradley Manning, was an intelligence analyst in the United States Army who was deployed to the forward operating base Hammer in Iraq. Manning held a top-secret clearance and signed a classified information NDA, knowing that you cannot provide unauthorized disclosure you know obtain or have negligent handling like leaving stuff open for people to see, not burning materials, not covering your tracks, not viewing things in skiffs, you know, the simple stuff that analysts know what to do. That would indeed cause harm to the United States. So if you're an analyst, you know that not only can you not give information to people that don't have the need to know. They can have the clearance, but they have to also have the need to know. But you're going to be held responsible if you're negligent, you know, like Hillary was, being negligent, having highly classified information on servers in her toilet. You know, negligence. Handling that information, like leaving out documents, not securing them, looking at stuff out of skiffs, right? I'm just reinforcing this, you know, because this is exactly what Hillary Clinton did, but she she wasn't found guilty of these things, even though she's supposed to know better. (laughs) And here's where it mentions this amazing executive order that was put up by President Barack Hussein Obama just before 2009 ended, right? After his first year in office, almost first year in office, where it actually classifies the orders, the divine classifications of information and what levels they are. What information may be considered secret. And what happens if it is disclosed? What it means for national security. Very outlined. Then it goes on to say that Julian Assange is the founder of WikiLeaks. The website publicly solicits submissions of classified, censored, and other restricted information. What a lame statement. Isn't that what secure boxes for, for people like CNN, MSNBC, CBS, et etc. et cetera? Oh. Hmm. So only WikiLeaks can be held accountable for asking for people to provide classified information, to leak things, right? Censored things, right? We're not going to say, oh, AP says, send us us your tips. Here's our secure box. CNN says that. Everybody says that. But, you know, it's just WikiLeaks. Because that's the business WikiLeaks, is it? Transparency. I will publish everything that is real. And I will let the people know. Because through transparency is how we remain free people. This illusion of the necessity of secrecy. It also makes a statement that we all know to be fact, but they must make the statement that he doesn't possess a security clearance or any need to know of any information that is considered classified in the United States. No, duh. He doesn't possess a security clearance in the United Kingdom, Australia, Thailand, Ecuador, Colombia, Panama, the Bahamas. We can continue I wonder if they've made such, you know, claims or indictments for the people that dropped the Panama Papers. No, no, no. It's just Julian Assange, of course. Let's continue on to reading this. So between January 2010, just a couple of days after Barack Obama uh, and, and, you know, that Hussein signed this executive order, and May of 2010, so during a time period of five months, somewhere around there, Manning downloaded four nearly complete databases from departments and agencies in the United States, remotely. These databases contained approximately 90,000 Afghanistan war-related significant activity reports, 400,000 Iraq war-related activity reports, 800 Guantanamo Bay detainee assessment briefs, and 250,000 U.S. Department of State cables many of the, uh, many of those documents of course were classified i mean cables hello and uh, just like barack hussein obama's executive order and those orders that came before it that were pretty weak manning provided this information to people that worked with wikileaks so that wikileaks could publicly disclose it on their website Publicly releasing the vast majority of those records on its website in 2010 and 2011. Pay attention. The vast majority. Meaning what? Assange has a treasure trove. (laughs) Because everything Assange gets, he doesn't publish. He doesn't put things out there. That would actually call cause harm uh, to a nation directly, um, but transparency that will cause harm to corrupt nations, to corrupt persons. Let's get it clear, right? Because he could have dropped other things and he didn't. So let's be just in that, not saying that what he's uh, that uh, I think what he's doing is okay. I mean, if you're releasing information that indicates indicates usurping governments. Colluding against free people, terrorism, terrorism of your own people, creating these illusions, having kids in pools for people's entertainment. What did Hillary say? She was going to slaughter a chicken for Moloch, spirit cooking dinners, sending out attorneys for pedophiles, things like that globally. Big politicians globally making money off the people, making money off the people. So he's kind of a hero in the sense that he is trying to liberate people to break out of this illusion, right? This illusion that's being created, how this new religion of statism has come up and how people bow down to it without any thoughts at all. So it continues to say that Manning had access to all these computers uh because he she was he at the time uh was an intelligence analyst and also using these computers to download classified records to transmit to Wikileaks and many regulations you know throughout the army uh uniform court justice you know et cetera n d a s um you know disallow him from doing that. He was a him then. And uh, he actually bypassed security mechanisms uh, on government systems to obtain this information. So um, it says that Manning attempted to do this from sharing, you know, accounts and authenticators such as passwords. Here's where it gets weird. The portion of the password Manning gave to Assange to crack what a crack was stored as a hash value in a computer file that was accessible only by users with administrative level privileges. Hmm. Manning did not have administrative level privileges and used special software, namely a Linux operating system, to access the computer file and obtain a portion of the password provided to Assange. Okay. So Manning was on the system, ran a code cracking program through a Linux server to uh, show this password, only got part of it, and gave part of it to Assange, right? Okay, let's buy that, right? Because you can't load programs onto government systems. You can't bypass that. So this is where they're pandering to stupid. Okay, but let's assume... That Manning was a genius, even though this wasn't even part of Manning's scope as an intelligence analyst, wasn't trained in algorithms, et cetera, et cetera. But let's pretend that he actually had this, you know, CD manifest somewhere in Iraq at some point or picked it up on the street or, you know, and smuggled it into a skiff to get on these servers. Let's just pretend that Manning was such a genius And only cracked half of it and gave it to Assange. The question is, as the grand jury says, when did you remember this? Because this is pretty huge. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to try to crack a code on your own and then provide partial code to someone and say, help me find the rest of this code. So we're coming up to a break. I want you guys to sit on that for a second, and I'll see you all in a few.
1: Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the
4: last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to
1: www.MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking and the more you did it? The more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700
2: hey this is Leonora Cravota from red state talk radio for my pillow I used to have trouble sleeping my pillow changed all that I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow that's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill my pillow stays cool and does not go flat plus it's machine washable and dryable my pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee my pillow is also the official pillow of the National sleep Foundation and it's made right here in the USA my pillow is now offering red state talk radio listeners a four-pack Special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call one 800 961 9194 and ask for promo code RED State. That's one 800 961 9194 Promo code RED State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For
0: the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, is MyPillow.com. Welcome back everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. I hope all of you are getting it now. I hope, um, you know, all of my listeners are understanding how much we have to pay attention. How we have to pay attention to the little details. Uh... And again, just a reminder, my second hour will be live on air, streaming uh, online through Red State Talk Radio and uh, through your local radio stations globally, from what I hear. A big shout out to my people in Australia uh, heading into elections. Man, I'm feeling for you. And I know all of you are hoping that these uh, FISA warrants are dropped. And I'm feeling that that might actually come into play, considering that... um You know, they got a new extension on the Brexit deal. So this will be fun unless, you know, we don't expose the UK and just expose the rest. But we'll see what the Queen has to say about that. Right. So I wanted all of you to kind of go to Tory dot com and find that article where I titled it serendipity, uh, FISA warrants, uh, Mueller, Assange, Brexit and how Obama was there. In there, you'll see how the U.N. started to have such concern for Assange. They knew. Because last year, uh, Hussein's plan, this insurance policy he had with Manning, this insurance policy he had put in place about cracking passwords, to say that Julian Assange... Uh, committed, uh, you know, was conspiring to hack government systems. Here's the rest of this, just so that you can understand just how dubious it is. Cracking the password would have allowed Manning to log on to the computers under a username that did not belong to her. Such a measure would have made it more difficult for investigators to identify Manning as the source of disclosures of classified information. But she didn't. Right? She didn't. She had authorization to get in there. And we all know that there's universal access, so they tracked her down from entering into skiff areas. <laughs> Some people will just put anything on paper when they want something done. Prior to the formation of the password-cracking agreement, Manning had already provided agreement. So now she's entered into an agreement with WikiLeaks about password-cracking. Okay, so now we've escalated from him just getting stuff and people sending him stuff and him soliciting that he had an agreement with Manning to break this password. She had already provided WikiLeaks with hundreds of thousands of classified records that she downloaded from department agencies of the United States, including Afghanistan, war-related, significant activity reports. We named them before, right? All of that. At the time he, he entered into this agreement Assange, that is, knew that Manning was providing WikiLeaks with classified records containing national defense information of the United States. So now Assange entered into an agreement. Assange was knowingly receiving such classified records from Manning for the purposes of publicly disclosing them on WikiLeaks. Uh, So WikiLeaks gets tips. WikiLeaks gets leaked information, just like every other news agency. But now he's entered into a contract with her while he's getting this information. So, for example, very specific, March 7th, 2010, and remember this document was written on March 6th, 2018, eight years later, of course. uh, Manning and Assange had discussed the value of the Guantanamo Bay detainee assessment briefs on March 8th of 2010. Before entering the password cracking agreement, Manning told Assange that she was throwing everything she had on j t f gitmo at assange now. Manning also said, after this upload, that's all I really have got left now let's take this let's pretend let's pretend that this conversation really ensued let's pretend. Did they see that Assange was sitting behind that keyboard? Could it have been someone else that was working for Assange? Could it have been not actually a conversation and this is all manufactured? These are all questions. Because sometimes how many of you have had a friend of yours send a text from your phone to someone? How many of you have had someone send an email from your account? How can they prove that Assange was the one behind the keyboard if such a conversation happened? They can't. It's just relying on what Chelsea said. So here is where the discussion happens on March 7th of 2010. Manning and Assange discussed the value of the Guantanamo uh, detainee, right? And they did all this. And then Assange replied, curious eyes never run dry in my experience. Following that conversation... 20 days later, so between March 28th and April 9th of 2010. Remember, none of this stuff is in the initial indictments that were sealed for Manning. So it's really confusing as to how this information was put together. Because it wasn't part of the original Manning indictment. So it's interesting. So Manning used the DOD computer to download the, the State Department cables that WikiLeaks later released publicly. Okay? So Manning hacked the system or didn't hack it. She had authorization from a computer that was authorized to access it, downloaded all these things, but no one saw her in 2010 at the point, right, when she was doing it and sent it off to WikiLeaks. So here's where count one comes in. The general allegations set forth, all those that I read to you, are re-alleged and incorporated into this count as though fully set forth herein. So now they're saying that they've been re-alleged, and they're putting them into this count beginning March 2nd, 2010 and continuing thereafter until on or about March 10th, the exact date being unknown to the grand jury. (laughs) Wait a minute. I thought you had ironclad proof that she was talking with Assange. How do you not know the dates that they exchanged this information? Are you going with the word of Manning? (laughs) Sounds funny because she got a plea deal. Both dates being approximate and inclusive in an offense begun to commit it outside of the jurisdiction of any particular state or district of the United States. The defendant, Julian Paul Assange, who will be first brought to the Eastern District of Virginia. What have I told you about the Eastern District of Virginia? That is where all the spooks get held. That is where anything national security goes, and that is where people go to trial. And you never see anything about it. If you do, it's because they want you to. So knowingly and intentionally conspiring, combining, and uh, conspire, confederate, and agree with other co-conspirators, known, unknown, uh, and unknown to the grand jury, to commit an offense against the United States, to wit. To knowingly access a computer without authorization and exceeding authorized access to obtain information that has been determined by the United States government pursuant to the executive order that were that was written a couple days before Manning started downloading all this information. Right. That would require protection against unauthorized disclosure. Oh, national defense classified it up to the secret level intention b to intentionally access a computer without authorization and exceeding authorized access to obtain information from the department agency of the united states in furtherance of a criminal act in violations of the law of the united states violation title 18 united states code section six four one seven nine three c and 793 e ha so the purpose and the object of the conspiracy the primary purpose of the conspiracy was to facilitate manning's acquisition and transmission of classified information related to the national defense of the united states so wikileaks could publicly disseminate the information on his website hold on in english julian assange supposedly was helping manning Crack a code so that she can access a system to download stuff. But she had already downloaded stuff that Julian Assange has. But for some reason, they don't know when, but they're pretty sure it happened, but they have no evidence of it happening except for what Chelsea Manning said. Um, They entered into an agreement where he's helping her try to crack it. And that she was like, oh, I can only do this. And maybe he guided her, as they say. So they say manners and means of the conspiracy that Assange and his co-conspirators use the following ways, manners and means, among others, to carry out this purpose. It was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning use the Jabber online chat service to collaborate uh, on the acquisition and dissemination of classified records and to enter into agreement to crack the password stored on the United States Department of Defense computers connected to the secret in internet so the sin network they call it the secret internet protocol it's actually called the sin network sins (laughs) funny right for a secret government database to be called sin but i want you guys to pay attention they don't know the exact date that they made this agreement but they're saying that they use a chat app to talk about it well if they use a chat app to talk about it and you caught her with this chat app where's the chat that julian assange was talking to her about it where he said yeah let me help you crack the code send it over to me Oh, they don't have that. Because if they did, they would know what date it happened. They wouldn't say, oh, it's around this area. So they're going by what Chelsea Manning, who used to be Bradley Manning, who is an unstable person, who has probably been victim to government programs, kind of like MKL right? Because that's a real thing. That's on federal databases to say this. So they've just got her word against facts. So here's the next part. It was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning took measures to conceal Manning as a source of disclosure of classified records to WikiLeaks, including by removing usernames from disclosed information and deleting chat logs between Assange. Oh, this is how they're excusing it. Okay. So they're deleting chat logs, right? But they knew they used the chat app. How do they know they used the chat app? Oh, Manning told them, right? So they tried to conceal the leaker. Well, that's true. I mean, Julian Assange didn't tell us that it's Seth Rich, but he kind of told us, but he doesn't tell you because he keeps his sources secure. (laughs) Kind of like every other journalist, right? We don't give our sources up. We'd rather go to jail than give up our sources. So here's the thing. They don't have anything. This This is where the illusion kicks in. Pay attention, guys. So it was part of the conspiracy that Assange encouraged Manning to provide information and records from departments and agencies in the United States. So did he encourage it because he advertises it on his website or did he say, go get it for me? Because if I remember correctly, Manning had said that she contacted them and it was really hard to get in contact with them because she could only drop the information or mail it off. I'm pretty curious. <laughs> So it was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning used a special folder on a cloud Dropbox of WikiLeaks to transmit classified records containing information related to the national defense of the United States. Oh, you mean how everybody leaks information, right? Secure Dropbox. I mean, come on, guys. Pay attention. This was perfect. We used exactly what she used to get her pardon against her and to get Assange to the United States. They further on say that the acts of conspiracy, right, to further the goals and purposes of the conspiracy, Assange and his co-conspirators committed overt acts included, but not limited to the following. That on or about March 2nd, Manning copied a Linux operating system to a CD, to allow Manning to access a U.S. DOD computer file that was accessible only to users with administrative-level privileges. On or about March 8th, Manning provided Assange with part of a password store on the DOD computer connected to the SIN network. On or about the 10th of March, Assange requested more information from Manning related to the password. Assange indicated that he had been trying to crack the password by stating he had no luck so far. So no luck so far. How do you know it was relating to the password? You're just saying that because you probably caught something saying, I have no luck so far. Like what? Determining the information, confirming the information. Because I know a lot of people that have leaked documents, they get a lot of those responses. I haven't been able to confirm that this is valid information. No luck so far. So this is how we get... Assange to the United States this is how we get him here to give us the goods because he's got a treasure trove and I can tell you one thing if he provides us the people behind the murder of Seth Rich if he provides us the information that indicates that the that the Obama administration the intelligence community UK Australia New Zealand the EU All knew that this was not a Russian attack, yet they manufactured it. Remember, it was Robert Bauer, the attorney for Barack Hussein Obama before he was president, as White House counsel, and after, who was also the attorney of the DNC and of Hillary Clinton, that paid CrowdStrike to make it look like what? Huh. To make it look like it was Russian. To put in code. They manufactured Guccifer. So fake. (laughs) So we play. You want to tango, you tango. In order to get the devil to your dance floor, you got to dance with them. And this is how we dance. And this is how we put it down. And this is why a year after this indictment, Chelsea Manning has to answer to a grand jury, has to answer to say, when exactly did you remember all this information? Was it in 2018 when we asked you about it? Or was it right before you got pardoned? Was it while you were transitioning from a man to a woman? And why did you decide to do it? Did you feel trapped all your life? Because none of your history suggests such notions of you feeling awkward in your body. What is it exactly? How did this come about? Tell us how you were talking with Assange and when you decided that you wanted to give this information. Because, see, the information that we had on you when we tried you was completely different to this information. So, please explain. But, you know, Chelsea didn't want to talk. So, she's in jail because she refuses to answer questions. I mean, that's what you do to your masters, right? When your master, you know, brainwashes you to the point that you even change your sex. And here's the thing, she's been hanging around all the people that adore Assange, that adore him. And people just didn't see it. I mean, just a couple months after all this, you know, this indictment goes through and they stamp it with a seal of approval in 2018, (laughs) filed in a court. She decides that she's going to stand on a ledge and then says, oh, it was nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. You were what? Reprogrammed? What was it? Cued? What was it? Felt bad because the world is coming down because you realize that Trump is having none of it. Or that you realize that what you said and what you organized, she needs to start singing. I mean, she was already pardoned for these crimes. You know what she's scared about? Going to jail for conspiring against a sitting president of the United States. Not leaking information, not copying it, but that. And I'm pretty sure that the administration would be like, hey, Chelsea, your life is over anyway. Just give us the information so we can fix this, so we can show Americans the illusion, the illusion collusion. Give it to us. Maybe you'll walk, but she's in jail. She's not talking. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out because now we have Julian Assange. And he, just like he told us, is A-OK. So no panic there. Just like he told us, this is all an illusion, this arrest thing. Come on, guys, wake up. It was all part of the plan. Speaking of part of the plan, you saw Venati, right? So yesterday that news broke about his plane and confiscating it and whatnot. His wife said he had two private planes, right? He didn't own them, But the truth be said, he was trying to leave. That's what the word on the street is. And he was found for tax issues. You know, how do you get mobsters on tax issues? He tried to extort people. (laughs) We didn't forget Swetnick, did we? Do we forget Swetnick? We got to look into Swetnick. Let's see what money she got. What money did Avenatti get to dig her up? Hmm, pretty interesting. So he's not only getting held for extortion, not only implicated in the Smollett issue, which, by the way, Kamala Harris just spoke up after a very long time. Does she feel safe now? The Nike extortion deal, the fact that he came up on the Nexium case that had Claire Bronfman panicking, the fact that he's all over this plea deal for Costco. And you know what's funny? Breaking it down, Have you guys seen the people on the Democratic side that requested that Julian Assange asylum be revoked? You remember when they asked for that? That was right after this indictment came out, right? This indictment that they think would hold him accountable. Because they were like, yeah, the UK is going to have him. He's not going to survive. He's going to have an accident. Let's talk about these names. Remember Blumenthal? You know how much Assange has on Blumenthal? you got a lot of stuff going on down in Venezuela and Brazil, right? We've seen your portfolios. Michael Bennett. Joe Munchen. Ooh, look at that. Menendez. What's going on with him? Oh, didn't he have like a hung jury or something? So he wasn't innocent, but wasn't guilty kind of thing. So corrupt out in California. Seriously. Dick Durbin. Ed Marquet. Coons. Coons the goon. Shaheen. Mark Warner. And lo and behold, Diane Feinstein with the Chinese, right, right? Chinese spy working for her. Where's that? Diane Feinstein implicated in this Costco thing of blackmailing anyone that came out in support of Kavanaugh. Oh, gosh. Aren't the stars aligning, like I said, April showers? Can you see them panicking? You could hear. Last night, I was up at 1230, and I could hear buttholes puckering around the globe. It was like, all of them. They are literally on fire. The European Union is in full panic mode. They thought that they got one on us with this extension for the Brexit deal. Mm. Yeah, well, you guys went live with it. So now we went live with Julian Assange because, see, the United Kingdom, the Queen, does not like to have her white gloves dirty. Where is that invitation, by the way, for that state visit? We're not hearing about it, but we know that it's being organized. Where is it? Interesting, isn't it? Interesting how Barr yesterday and the day before yesterday, day before yesterday, yesterday reconfirmed yes there was some spying going around and guess what? That Mueller report will be released in about the next week. President Moreno sat there well, you know, kind of spoke against us, bit the ham that feed him kind of thing, and so INA papers not a really big deal, guys. Because his people believe in freedom. His people believe that. Look at his body language. He's just going through the motions. It's all about illusions. Remember, Gore Vidal said, it's all connected. You think your mainstream media is media. They're nothing but a Hollywood extension with suits and speech that is in cadence and outrageous titles. I mean, they keep you hooked. Oh my gosh. Breaking news. Oh my gosh. Happening now. Fear, 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 fear. Mm -hmm. And you know, Speaking of conditioning, you know, I kind of mentioned M.K.L. not the only uh, thought manipulation program. Remember the Brain Initiative? Do you remember that guy that punched that young man on UCLA campus? Yeah, Greenberg, the one that actually worked for the Brain Initiative, where they actually open up human heads and probe the amygdala to get fear conditioning responses. I wrote an article about that. But see, you're not hearing anything about Greenberg. That's been sealed. I wonder how something like that is sealed. It was simply a punch in the face. Why seal it? See, this is where people aren't paying attention. We're not paying attention. And hopefully pointing out where the questions are. Let's talk. Bottom line, bullet points on Assange. When did Chelsea Clinton suddenly, Clinton, why do I keep saying Chelsea Clinton? Chelsea Manning. (laughs) When did Manning decide to remember that? he she was discussing contracts with assange for passwords that never happened when did he, she decide that they were talking on jabber but they have no proof and they should just trust her when did that happen was it in 2016 just before the obama administration exited and decided to give her a pardon where are those pardon paperwork why was she pardoned why was she pardoned hello questions Assange already told you it was an illusion. Look at President Moreno. He's going to be in the United States next week on April 16th. Brexit. What's going on there? Then they have the Greek prime minister, the most corrupt clown. And you know what? I'm telling you straight. Do you know how many coffees I've had with this guy? How many cigarettes we smoked? How many drinks we had together as kids? I, I, I kid you not. Me and him used to hang out at bars all the time whenever I'd be there on vacation visiting family. Alex is beyond gone he was always kind of a commie never like this though and remember he coached the United Kingdom hey Greece said that they wanted out and you know they won by an overwhelming 62 percent Grexit and look what I did they're still in you don't even have to listen to your people he's giving them advice they are all panicking. They are rushing to get this socialism put in. This is why they have elections now. President Trump has thrown a wrench globally. Why? Because 2020, the economy globally will collapse and the United States will be the only one standing because we are getting rid of fiat currencies. And that is how the cookie crumbles. I'll see you all in a bit with Cindy Gomez and Oscar Leblou from Mexico, where we'll break down Jeff Merkley and his obsession with children, these programs where they're hustling children across the border, and some video that I'm going to tweet out now that he caught live, people jumping the border. I'll see you all in a few. news real news welcome back everyone to the tori says show i'm your host tori uh, remember you can always follow me on gab and twitter at tori underscore says i want to thank everyone for the uh, immense amount of messages that I've received. Um, A lot of you have realized what is really going on with this Assange deal. But as promised, uh, we will be deconstructing this border crisis to call it what it is, to show the illegal crossings, to show the problems that not only the United States is facing, but also Mexico, because we have to keep in mind that Mexico's president is really trying to control this. He is. But, you know, corruption exists in every single nation as we all know and it is very difficult sometimes to just carve it out it's kind of like weeds if you don't pull it from the root it's just going to come back somewhere else so in this hour and we're going to have a bonus hour and like I said um, it's not going to be streamed on your radio waves globally and I uh, did get some people from New Zealand asking me how they can listen to it I've just tweeted out a Facebook live link uh, where you can actually watch the gorgeous. Cindy Gomez Shemp, uh, where she is airing this and she will be playing videos. But I, as I said, promise that the minute the show is over, I will render that audio and within the hour, I will have it up a full three hours for all of you to listen from Assange through breaking down the border and shaming Merkley for his obsession with children. Without further ado, I just wanted to tell you that I have Cindy Gomez Shemp with me right now and with her joins us an incredible and brave person on the Mexican side uh, where he is reporting daily because remember the crisis is not just for us in the United States. It is th- it is for the Mexican people too. they're fighting just as well as we are and you just have to wonder who's really driving this. Uh, so Cindy, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. Thank you so much for coming on. I have to have you on a lot more, uh, you know, with all these developments going on at the border. And we have Oscar as well. Uh, so Cindy, tell my audience where they can find you. I mean, some of them have already found you on com with that excellent expose that you put together. And, um, and then I'd like Oscar to introduce himself to to my listeners, as well as yours, and um, explain, you know, what he's been doing, where they can find him. So go ahead, Cindy. Welcome.
4: Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank you for having both of us. Um, I really, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give the floor to Oscar right away because I know he's going to have to scoot. So I'm going to let him go first. But um, I'm going to tell people you can find us at media underscore ppp on Twitter. You can find us on 88.1 FM. Margo Moorhead on Facebook. You can go to kppfm.com and find all of our past shows there. Uh, You can also find uh, the work that I've done with Tori on torisay.com. Anyway, I want to give the floor to Oscar. Thank you for being able to do this with us. Oscar, I know you've been so busy this morning, uh, but um, maybe fill us in on uh, what you were doing today and uh, give Tori and me too an update and what's been going on with uh, these unaccompanied minors going to the Human Rights uh, Building to declare, to make a complaint, a criminal complaint, uh, against this uh, coyote.
5: Yes. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you to Tori. Thank you to to our audience and hello to everyone in America. Thank you so much. Uh, You can follow me at uh, my Facebook page as a public figure, Oscar Blue. Also an Instagram as Oscar Blue and YouTube as Oscar L Blue too. Uh, hi to everybody. Cindy, hi to everybody. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for having me on your show. And uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, regarding regarding this company minor, uh, there's a man that is wanted for their arrest. Uh, his name is stem Seman, He's from Guatemala. This guy was... already in the, in the United States, and uh, <clears throat> apparently, for now, it's really hard and difficult to get a warrant for the arrest of this guy over here in Tijuana. La Procuraduría General de la Justicia, that that is a dependency of the government over here of justice, uh, they say that it was not enough uh, proof for him to get arrested, although the one of them was outrageous. She uh she uh she opened up and she said about Nicolas Esteban that this guy has been pursuing her for the past three months. And right. one of the things that he that she said was that not only he was trafficking minors, not only that, he was colliding with some organization from America who works to collide with trafficking uh, minors. But not only that too. This guy has been telling this uh, miners that they are not going to pay one cent if they uh, interact with him uh, uh, sexually. Yeah. So, so, you know, this is uh, oh, the subject. This is so disgusting. So th- this guy is not only wanted over here for trafficking, kidnapping, he's wanted now for trying to have sex with a minor and offering themselves to not only one minor, to every minor, to every minor, and this particular uh, individual has uh, his wife is in the United States. So the rumor is, after sorry for the noise, after uh, after he was uh, everybody you know confronted him, the rumor was that he that his number one option is to talk illegally to the United States. So there is a possibility, a strong possibility that this particular individual is 90 to 100 percent already in the United States so you have you know this kind of individuals and this kind of people are the ones that we're having over here in our city there's no security there's no there's no filters for inspection the, the shelters are full everything is full you have families cautiously not caring about their children you have children there on a accompanied by the number that it was out that it was outrageous. For the, for the month of February, 7,946 the company children that we know of. And the pastor has 17 children. They're on the company side. And their ideology is to cross the United States, whether they have or they don't have a parent. They don't care. So they are willing to sell themselves, a lot of them. And a lot of them, they are being offered to have, you know, in, uh, the sexual encounters with this
0: Paioli. Um, Oscar can I just ask a question we're referring to the Guatemalan gentleman right the Guatemalan yeah. um, coyote uh, and I'm pulling up his name uh, it is Sebastian Nicholas Esteban right um, we have his ID uh, and we do have videos where Border News Network has confronted him for these missing children now I have sent all this information to ICE as well uh, because his wife is as um, and I know that you're in Mexico and And, you know, our connection is a little bit low on your end, Oscar. Uh, I just want to reiterate to people that these are children being trafficked. And what he does is kind of like, you know, how drug addicts will sell their body for drugs. He is having sexual encounters or um, telling children to have sexual encounters with him so that he can cross them on the border. So it is assumed that now he's already in the United States. We can all thank Senator Jeff Merkley and Representative Correa for that. Um, and go ahead, Oscar, please explain to the audience more in regards to this coyote and how this coyote is actually working with American taxpayer funded organizations.
5: Yes, uh, you know, actually, uh, I did this, uh, you know, interview with Cindy at her show uh, not too long ago, and I confronted some lawyers. Right here, there's a a part, there's a pedestrian entrance to the United States that is called a Chaparral. This place is where the asylum seekers teach their number to point the asylum. There's a tent for the protection of migrants, the organization over here in America. They're the ones that give the number for the asylum seekers. So you can imagine that the government of Mexico is the one that is taking care of it, but it's not. There's organizations from lawyers from America coming over here and taking care of the whole situation of this asylum seekers. So they're coaching them. They're telling them how to claim the asylum and how to break the loopholes so they can cross. This the United States. I confronted one of them, and there's a video actually that he admits that they were making fake marriages. I have confronted her. I told her, you're from this organization. You're from America. You can't prevent me. She asked me to stop recording. I told her, I'm a Mexican citizen. You can't prevent me from from, from stop recording. because I have the right." Second of all, you're an American. What are you doing over here? Uh, I'm from the Otro Lado. El Otro is an organization from from San Diego. But over, you're doing bad things over here. You guys, I have I have proof that you guys have been making fake marriages. And she said it was not a fake marriage, it was a celebration, and we stopped doing that. Imagine that. They stopped doing that. So imagine how many fake marriages and how many children they've been practicing. There's a lot of children over here that they're unaccompanied by. They don't have no DNA testing. They don't have no DNA testing on the entrance of Guatemala. They don't have no DNA testing over here. And they don't have testing into the United States, these people are selling the children. These people are trafficking children, and it's all about these organizations that they're coming here to. Through uh, my country, there's organizations of radicals, there's organizations of activists, there's like this antifa there's bands, there's, there's rapid response, there's uh, the a government support network. All of these people they're coming over here and they're they're feeding the migrants to cross into and they're instigating them how to cross into the United States. Not only they're betraying their country, but they're in a federal crime, and they're not even being prosecuted. Why? Because the government is trying to, they have their hands tied. This treaty with this, this International Pact of Immigration from the United Nations is the one that has our hands tied. Why? Because it overrules our Constitution on the Article 30 that explains that no foreigner can come over here and pass this law, but they're violating the Constitution, and they are pursuing, and doing that up on a daily basis story,
0: Go ahead. Well, uh, what Al otro lado they were they were actually denied entry. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cindy. When one of them, their director of legal, uh, came to Mexico, and she said she was there for pleasure. When she was for work, and they denied her entry into Mexico. Right.
4: Well, let me let me just clear up how this whole thing happened. Okay. The Al otro lado lawyers. There's three main founders of the organization, which is Erica Pinheiro, uh, Nora Phillips, and then you have um uh, the refugee program for, the asylum seeking refugee program person Nicole Ramos. Now Nicole Ramos had her sentry pass revoked. So that that that's only done by Border Patrol. And that means that the fast pass that she had that allowed her to go into Mexico and, and back to the United States very quickly is no longer available to her. Erica Pineto was stopped at the Mexican border and said, you can't come in. And, the, and Nora Phillips, she flew into Guadalajara. She was going to meet a caravan there uh, to give them legal advice. But she lied to Customs and Border Patrol and said she was on vacation. So she was stopped. She was, uh, you know, um, flagged. And then they questioned her. I believe it was like nine hours separated her from her husband and her child. She was very upset about it. There was a lot of tears when she came back to the U.S. And after they interrogated her, they deported her to the United States. So she has been literally kicked out of the country. That was because she lied about what she was doing in Mexico. And I was told by Pastor Albert Rivera, because he's very aware of how these folks operate, that uh, she she and, and the lawyers from local level go and meet the caravans where they are within Mexico. And they tell them, they coach them. Hey, uh, if you go to Tijuana, you're going to have free legal because we're right there on the other side in San Diego. And I'll be your lawyer. We'll be, we'll be your lawyers. So if you want to have free legal advice, if you want to have a free lawyer, come to Tijuana and, um, Oscar can probably explain this better, but they I mean, his city is overrun with these folks because the the lawyers are luring them there. There's a reason why everyone is going to Tijuana, and it is because these people are telling them, this is the place to go because you'll have us on the other side of the border and there's all of these services ready and waiting for you. And of course, this has had a horrible effect on Tijuana, the city.
0: Well, I wanted to say just to a reminder to all the listeners that Oscar is actually in Mexico. So right. hence the connection a little bit distance, et cetera. So he is reporting boots on the ground. And with the information that I've been um, uh, receiving, not only from you, Cindy, but sources that I have there, there is literally a Mexican organization that is being funded by Al Otro Lado to uh, recruit children and petition on their behalf at the border to enter the United States. Now, this came as a surprise to me because I know that the president of Mexico has been pushing to verify history, to, um, I guess, vet every single illegal migrant that is in Mexico. And I wanted Oscar from that side of Mexico to kind of explain to everyone how the president has been actively trying to do this, but there are facets within his immigration department that are so corrupt that they're teaming up with companies like Al Otro Lado that are having, um, what is it, Southwest, is South Key West, Southwest Key? There's an organization on the other side of the border that actually takes in all these children. um So Oscar, can you tell us from a Mexican perspective on that side, you know, in Mexico, not because you're Mexican, but because you're in Mexico, how Mm -hmm. you see, um, you know, the corrupt facets of the government, which is everywhere. Globally, we have corrupt government. Okay, there's no shame in that. But how they're how they're actually orchestrating and working together with these democratically funded programs. And this is, you know, just for a heads up, guys, this is why the president of the United States stopped sending U.S. aid. You know, aid from the State Department to these countries that are, you know, uh, creating the caravans because it was determined that federal taxpayer money was being used uh, to create these organizations. So, Oscar, uh, please let everyone know about this. And just a note, I will not be running commercials throughout this hour because we need to listen to what Oscar says from Border News Network. Mm
5: -hmm. Yes, uh, you know, there's there's a big problem here. And the big problem is that is, uh, you know, the, the 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 corruption comes with all the coyotes and the cartel. I'll be honest with you, and I'll be real open about how the situation is over here. You know, you get these organizations that go all the way to the south, and they go all the way to Guatemala, and they cross to Guatemala, and they tell them, you want to cross the United States. And they say, yes. Okay, cross me this bag. Why do send that bag you can imagine that it's drugs. You can imagine that it's, you know, something else. But it's, it's amounts of drugs that they're cropping, and you get amounts of people that are cropping these drugs every day because they don't get hurt. They have to free pass. They have to open borders. So these organizations that they're working all the way from the north to the south, they have all this orchestrated. And it's politically orchestrated. Why? because every state that they're going through is from the same political party that is right now running in the one open borders border, that is what, They don't go to other states. They go to the exact same state because all of those states in our country are run by this political party, specifically. What do they do when they get over here? They get their free pass. By this organization from America, and the ones that they're costing them are them. The Coyotes and all these Pueblo Pinconteras, Angeles Pinconteras, and all these organizations, they're bought by the government. They're playing around with the government. They're playing hand in hand with the government. And there's a lot of money. that uh, Sanchez Cordero, that is the one that is in charge of immigration in our country, was the guilty one uh, last to say come in we have jobs for everyone come in three weeks ago he gave a statement saying we need to stop this because this is a billion business he just realized and i know because i live in mexico he just realized that it's a lot of business and he's not getting money (laughs) So immediately he gave the idea to stop this why because there's a lot of trafficking trafficking the people, drugs, money, guns, everything that you can think of is coming through that door. Now, when they get over here, you you don't imagine, you know. When I first when I first started going to the shelter, I was like, oh my god, there's a lot of Americans helping these people, you know. Oh, wow, that's good? You know, they're helping them with you know get their feet, you know, going in and, and get something going for themselves, but they were not. They were instigating them and, and telling them how to cross illegally to the United States and how the children are taking to a certain particular hotel. This is another problem. Then when they get here, this organization, they go to where the caravan is and they say to them, are you going to go to the shelter? Yes, yeah. you're going to suffer a lot. Why do you go with her? Let me rent you a room. So actually, we don't know what is the appropriate number of kids that they're unaccompanied by. Why? Because this organization, they're renting them rooms to live in. And we don't know how many kids they're arriving because they are interrupted on their way up to the north. It's a whole corruption with the government. And right, right now, they're stopping them. The rumor is, the rumor is right now, that because of uh, Donald James Trump, uh, president of the United States, uh, threatened to close the border, our president had started deporting. As Happened two days ago, he started deporting, And the amount is between 200 and 300 immigrants, that they started deporting now. And that is why there's been a little bit of riots over there with Africans and Asians, And, you know, there was a leader that just got caught that it's from two by the three, the like Jiquel Hernandez. And he's a, he's a medical, he's a, he's a doctor and neurologist, doctor. And he got stopped because he was one of the leaders. So, you know, they're not giving humanitarian visas right now. They're not giving a uh, transit of visas. They're not giving nothing. Why? Because that was fun. Why? Because they're, they're, they're breaking all the loopholes. for All the loopholes. The number one loophole that they're breaking is, is they, we see this all day over here. It's so ridiculous. Right here, where I was, where I was at, right now, a few moments ago, I was trying to uh, confront this lawyer again. What is he doing over there in the where there's a lot of kids in a silo? It looks like a human auction. It looks like a human auction. This guy is yelling, laughing, and the Americans are like, "It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's it's different, it's different. It's like that. It's
0: basically like that." You know, Oscar, Oscar, I just want to reiterate something to my listeners, because like I said, the connection is hard on podcasts it'll be heard a lot better i trust me guys when i render it but what he's saying is is that the president of the united states threatened to shut down the border and everyone was like why isn't he doing it he should have done it already you know we need to stop this now why is he telling the mexican president he's giving him time because this mexican president is actually trying to fix it he has a hot mess inherited from the previous president of mexico which we all know now was paid everybody has a price right 100 million dollars from El Chapo and like Oscar is telling you this is where they're auctioning them off this is disgusting it's not just sex trafficking this child and human trafficking doesn't have just for sex slavery or just slaves in general as we've seen of reports of Hondurans being used as slaves in Chicago if you remember the report from two weeks ago but Oregon trafficking and it goes both ways that they bring him from the United States, but the majority are coming in now with these caravans. So this is a real problem. This is a border crisis. And we all have to appreciate that the president is doing it in the best way he can without showing that he has no confidence in the president of Mexico. Because if he doesn't show that he has confidence for the president of Mexico, Mexico will be tits up in, in, in actually from zero to a 100 the minute something like this happens. So. Continue. Sorry. Sorry, Oscar. I, I just wanted, wanted to, to, to reiterate, that.
4: reiterate that. I just wanted to jump in really quick and say that one of the things that, um, you know, uh, Oscar has really educated me about was on the United Nations pact that was signed by Marcelo Brab. And And people keep blaming Trump for the creation of these uh, caravans and saying that, OK, well, uh, this is basically uh, Trump's problem and Mexico's not going to do the dirty work. But Oscar uh, educated me about Marcelo Ebrad and his signature on this pact and who his wife is. Oscar, you want to jump in and explain this to the American public?
5: Yes, you know, uh, uh, in 2015, the worst president that ever existed in our country, Nieto, so the last president, he signed this international pact of immigration. He was collided with Obama because Obama wanted to sign his suit at first. So they were working together. The only one that signed it, who signed it was Peña Nieto and Marcelo Ebrard, that he was at the time still in charge, but at the time that this president, was was the one in charge of international relations for Mexico. He signed the International Pact of Immigration. What does this tell you? That is open borders now. Mm -hmm. the, The new president, man, and on December 11th, he's still the person in charge of international relations. So he signed it on December 11th. The pact in Marrakech, in Morocco. He signed it. So what does that tell you? That it's going to be open borders, open borders, and they have they have they have rules in that international pact. They have to come in in an orderly fashion, documented, peacefully, and with a purpose. That it tells you right there. But it just withdraws all the rights that. Met have because we need to treat them equal. We can't insult them. We can't treat them bad. And if the media treats them bad, we can be prosecuted, they have the same rights. We need to give them medical education, food, clothing, and you know, comfort them until a point if they're okay to migrate where they're going, that is where our job is sitting. So this International Pact of Immigration is violating, they're violating their own pact. Because they're not coming documented. They're not coming peacefully. We already know that there are damage in my sovereignty of my country. They're not coming in uh, with a purpose. The purpose is to violate the law of the, in, legally to the United States. They don't want to stay in Mexico. They already told us that they're really disrespectful. Uh, a lot of them, they're really disrespectful and they're activists. A lot of them, they're terrorists. A lot of them, there are ex convicts so all these things, all these things come to one thing that is really weird. Marcelo Ebarrax's wife is from Andorra. Mm. This is a thing mm. that is really weird, and it's a rumor that is going real strong with a source that I got in Chiapas. Marcelo wife's wife, that is the guy that is in charge of international relations in Mexico, he's from Andorra. They trying to take out Honduras, they trying, trying to take out uh, Juan Orlando Hernandez, that is the president or the dictator from Honduras. Guess who is going to be the next president for the next election? Marcelo Ebras White. He's going to run for president for Honduras. So it looks disgustingly orchestrated. Mm-hmm. It looks disgustingly orchestrated. It looks like, okay, yeah, we already dominated Mexico. we got Mexico. Now we need to dominate Honduras. Okay, and go over there and be the president. It looks like that. It basically looks like that. And that will open more the borders. Marcelo Bravo a couple weeks ago gave a statement to all Mexico and he said, we are going to with this migrant open border caravan. It's not going to stop. They're going to have the same rights as Mexicans, the same same education as our kids and Mexicans. This this is the thing, Tori. We got 60 million in poverty over here in our country, 28 million in critical conditions. It is ridiculous the statement that this integrated using to asylum. I will tell you why. Iguana, my city, is the number one in the world in violence and delinquency. You've got four cities on the top five in the world that they are in Mexico for violence and delinquency. You've got five cities on the top ten for violence and delinquency and and staff in the world. And the number one country that is in the world that has more cities on the top 50 is Mexico for 15. Guess where? Some Pedro de is at, they are at uh, number 24. Wow. Why does that make me there? <laughs> Where is my insecurity? Where is my, I'm afraid? You don't see me in an asylum. This is orchestrated. It's a mafia that is working from all the way to the south, all the way to the north. And it it's orchestrated, they have allies, this allies are this organization, this lawyers that are making fake marriages, fake families, and they're coming over during their coaching them to disrupt the United States to invade the United States, to invade our sovereignty. That is all doing. There's nothing else. They're violating their own act. That is the international pact of immigration. They have twenty-three points. Those twenty-three points are in favor the 23 points that they are in favor of immigrants, they have even more rights than Mexicans. And the only four points that they need to comply with, they're violating them. coming in orderly, documented, equally, and with a purpose. They're not doing that. You have seen that on TV, how they have thrown rocks, they have killed four federal agents, they have been breaking our women, stealing our children, job bless Human innocent people on the way up here, they are now involved in drug cartels, kidnapping, and trafficking of people, as you see, don't this Guatemala, uh, uh, individuals, they're all disrupted, this is a, this is a mafia, it's a mafia, and it is what it is, Sorry.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I did notice that Canada just uh, issued uh, something just a couple of days ago where people that come to the Canadian border from the United States that are illegals are now being denied asylum to Canada. So Canada has literally shut down their asylum to illegals coming through the United States that have come from countries like Honduras and Guatemala and um, Mexico. So
4: meanwhile, our California judge has decided that
0: they have the right
4: to stay, (laughs) (laughs) can you please Uh, uh, talk to somebody at this administration and let them know about the Canada situation? Because I don't know. I mean, you, you, you sound calm. But if you've been listening to Oscar, the situation in Mexico is is red hot. I mean, uh, we, we Mexicans cannot wait any longer for something to change, for this situation to stop. They are literally bleeding out. And it, it doesn't seem like the president of Mexico has got the memo.
1: Well, there. Uh,
0: well, no, uh, w- w- I wanted to say something on this. I can't even imagine living in Mexico right now with all these caravans coming, with all these people that are not really being vetted properly as the president of Mexico wants them to. How do you let your kid ride their bicycle outside? How do you not, you know, stand with your child to walk them to school, not allow them to play outside? Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter because these people are thugs. These people will take you along with your child. Child. Could you imagine living in Mexico right now where you're overrun with people that their goal, because they've been paid to, is to be going to the uh, northern border? of mexico our southern border and penetrate it so as they go they just leave destruction in their path like could you i i sympathize for the mexicans they must be feeling terror especially the people that live in tijuana like how do you how do you live there without being in fear these people come with guns they're coyotes they're part of cartels and you know I'm not calm. I am freaking out. But I have trust that he's doing something because I'm seeing that a lot of indictments are being unsealed with police officers in Southern California being charged with conspiring with organized crime rings. These human traffic, because everyone, when they think cartel, they just think drugs, drugs, pharmaceuticals and generally globally is the top industry. The second one is human trafficking.
1: Mm-hmm. So they go
0: hand in hand. Uh, so th- I'm seeing that there's a crackdown on law enforcement and people in office that are working with or- organized crime units, especially the human trafficking units. There are so many sealed indictments right now across the United States. Uh, a most, It's an incredible number. I mean, Cindy, just in the state of North Dakota, we have over 400 sealed indictments. What? 400. And think California that has like tens of thousands. There's people that update that database. We have like 50,000 sealed indictments. And, you know, they're popping every now and then. And most of it is public corruption. Uh, you know, if you follow the justice.gov page, you'll just see how many of them are just coming out slowly. In Texas, we've had like a vrt, just an exposure of public corruption, extortion, uh, using public funds. And they've even cracked down in Canada. Because a Canadian border patrol agent, well, he's American, but was stationed in Canada was caught for fraud. And he came out of an investigation where they're looking at these organized crime rings that bring them from the south and travel them to the north. And that just so happened at the same time that Canada issued an order saying, we're not letting you seek asylum. It's not a coincidence. So the president is doing something, but he just can't do it fast enough because there's no point in putting a Band-Aid. You need to rip it out from the root and let them pull their own pants down. But seriously, Oscar, I feel for you there in Mexico and for every single family that has to you know, be by the southern border of Mexico and the northern border of Mexico, which are just overrun with crime cartels and really bad people, people that are using vulnerable people to make money off of them. I, I mean, tell us. There's living in Mexico, how it is for you, because that's what's important. People don't seem to understand. They keep thinking, oh, Mexico is just letting this happen. No, these people are being funded with American dollars to get this to happen. So explain to the audience uh, in the United States and globally where they're listening, how it is for the Mexicans themselves being in the middle of this, you know, transfer from the southern border of Mexico to the northern
4: Uh, Tori, I believe that we lost Oscar and, uh, I think we may not be able to get him back. That's okay. Well, you can Uh, tell me. I I know he had, I knew he had to go, so I wanted to let him talk first, but I will, I will tell you what this has been like as, uh, for me as a Mexican watching this happen in Mexico and talking to people like Oscar, to my own family members about this. Like I, 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 you know, was watching how these caravans were coming through and every town every city that they went through people were coming out and offering them food and they were bringing them donations people in Mexico were mobilizing their generosity was overpouring. and then in their wake the caravan would leave a colossal mess i mean it looked like a dump uh something uh, akin to like uh, so after a tornado or something, and you would just see unopened packages of food, brand new clothing and shoes have been donated to them, just tossed in the trash. People from Mexico that live in abject poverty rummaging through the trash to collect what was usable that was left behind by these members of the caravan. It literally turned the stomach of people in Mexico. And for me, watching it here in the United States on Mexican channels, on Mexican social media, I was just flabbergasted. I had to call my family members and go, is this really happening? And they were like, yeah, it's really happening because, you know, a lot of people here in the United States were saying, oh, well, you guys complaining about the caravan being dirty. You never complain about all of these uh, Americans going to Cancun on spring break and getting drunk and acting like a-holes. And I'm like, uh, well, these are two very different scenarios. Americans going to Mexico are tourists that are bringing uh, money money (laughs) into the country. And these people are parasites draining Draining their little resources. And if, if, they don't, if they don't even have, you know, we have a word for these people in Spanish, sin vergüenza. They have no um, embarrassment. They, have, they feel no embarrassment for what they do. Oscar was telling a story about how he and another uh, famous uh, journalist from Juana named Alfredo Álvarez Uh, had gotten together donations for the caravan when they first arrived in the city. And they go out there and they were giving out, you know, blankets and, you know, just really basic things they felt that would help the most people, like just, you know, heavy blankets and and coats. And so uh, they're passing them out and people are getting all crazy and we were kind of grabbing things, ripping things out of their hands and And, you know, at one point he said he was getting a little bit frustrated and was thinking, like, you know, if these people can't control themselves, we're just going to pack it up and leave because they're getting really handsy. And he sees this 8-year-old kid come up to get a blanket, and he's giving him the blanket, and a grown adult male walks over and rips the blanket out of the 8-year-old's hands. And Oscar stops him and goes, hey, wait a minute. This is a kid. This is a child who's cold and needs the blanket. And the man's response just blew him away. He goes, Hey, I'm a human being too. I too need to feel warm. And barf, it, 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 barf.
0: barf. That's disgusting. It
4: goes, it goes counter to every human instinct that you can imagine to see some of the things that Mexico is seeing firsthand. I mean, everybody's heard about the the Lady frijoles that didn't like the food. She's not the only person that on public television was complaining about the accommodations or the food or what have you. These are people that have acted so ungratefully, so ungratefully, Tori, that now when they go on television... They beg. They literally have to beg the art. Please, thank you. Thank you to the Mexican people, the warm and kind and generous Mexican people. And please don't stop bringing us food and donations. Please don't stop bringing us water. You know why? Because people are so sick of it. They're so disgusted that they won't even offer them water
0: anymore. Well, the so, thing, the thing is, is because the funding has run out. The president knew about this. Um, and I just wanted to update. There have been, there are 88,350 sealed indictments in, in what? our state. I just wanted to mention in our state, we have 474 sealed indictments. 21 of them were just put in, uh, last month. California has, uh, Southern California has 13, 1,365 sealed indictments. Northern California, 3,721. Eastern California, 2,051. And Central California, 7,884 sealed indictments. So nationwide, we have sealed indictments. Keep in mind, on a regular year are usually 5,000 max. And that's, that's pushing it. We have 88,000 from October 2017 until today that have, you know, that have been accumulated. And I only guide people to go to the justice.gov page where they put updates and you will see that these cases are being investigated from 2017. The minute the president swore in, everything was happening. People were being investigated. The majority of them were created in 2018, obviously. He knows what's going on. and. The people of Mexico are starting to understand what's going on. And, oh, yeah. you know, and and it's really funny how the mainstream media doesn't shame, you know, eyebrow gate Trudeau, you know, whose eyebrows are falling down when he talks, how he refuses entry to uh, people seeking asylum at his border when he prided himself and he, uh, you know, denounced and spoke, you know, not in very kind words about how our president did not want them in the United States, how he said it was an invasion and Trudeau came out and said, it's not an invasion you know and started talking bad but why are you turning them away if they're the best why are you turning them away if you should have open borders and let anyone in no one's asking these questions because the mainstream media won't tell you what's really going on and another thing the mainstream media won't tell you is that Beto O'Rourke right down Mm -hmm. in El Paso his wife's family owns 22,000 acres of undeveloped property, guess what? Along the border. And that is where the most illegals go through. Go through. Completely unchecked. And not only that, uh, border towns like McAllen, Texas, right? Their mayor... So disgusting. He had his state of the city statement where he was like, we don't have a border crisis. There's a crisis in Washington, D.C. Fast forward a week after that. He's begging for federal money to help with the migrant overrun, with the problems that they're having, with the increase of crimes, with kids running rampant, kids going missing. So now he's asking for federal funding. And then Catholic charities being kicked out of the city for their operations. you know, they were there supposedly for homeless people. Now, supposedly, they're a place where they're taking in children. I mean, they're obsessed with kids. We should talk about Merkley and Korea and what they did when they went to Mexico, and how Definitely. yeah, and how the mainstream media in the United States didn't even follow them there, and how Jeff Merkley, and he is a represent, he is a senator from Oregon, wrote a creepy a creepy medium article about children. It was really creepy. And how he met with all these kids and those kids that he met with and this coyote that he met with are now in the United States. I think we should discuss that. Uh, Please take lead on that, Cindy. Okay.
4: So let me just, I'm going to take you down a little bit of a rabbit hole here because I want to tell you how I got to this information in the first place. So I was interviewing Pastor and I talked to him about the story of a child that was kidnapped by American activists that I reported on TorreySays.com. This little boy named Carlos. And this little boy, he had been uh, pretty close with these American activists. Um, he had been sleeping in the car of one uh, Kiara Horsley, a.k.a. Lilith Sinclair, who's a sex worker. There's a lot of sex workers involved in this uh, activist group as well. And so when these activists went to the agape shelter, after they were cleared out of the street in front of the Benito Juarez uh, sports center that they had been staying at previously, when they went to the agape shelter, not long after that, the pastor realized that somebody was bringing meth and marijuana into his shelter. And he couldn't figure out how the migrants got their hands on money to buy drugs. How did they get their hands on these drugs, right? And he also told me, look, around here, the drug cartels run stuff. And if you have people that are consuming drugs, they know where you got them and where you didn't get them. And so these activists, it turns out, were supplying the caravan with the drugs. And you know how I found out? Well, there was an argument between this little boy that ended up getting kidnapped by these folks. And the pastor interceded because adult people, he said around a dozen of them, were threatening to kill this little boy, calling him a rat. And so what he did in his own defense was he pointed out who among these men who were attacking him were receiving the drugs and bringing them into the uh, shelter. Including him he was consuming the drugs as well. Okay, and he told the pastor about this so naturally The pastor was very concerned for this child's life He's now outed that the the activists the American activists that are basically controlling the caravan are are giving them drugs including this unaccompanied minor and that they're bringing the drugs into the shelter so then these people immediately, he kicks them out, but they called the American activists to come and collect them and their group of about 20 people from the shelter, and they decided they were going to take this little boy as well. Remember, among this group of people is the people that that threatened this boy's life. So the pastor called the police. Uh, one thing led to another. The, the child was eventually taken back by the Mexican government and put in the care of beef, which is like... Uh, Human services, right? They they take care of all of uh, uh, children's welfare, of course. And the kid escaped from that shelter and ended up in the hands of the activists, a- along with the two people from the migrant group that um, were uh, that took the child initially from the shelter. And they they were last spotted in a detention facility these two grown migrants that were working with the activist and this child in the United States. So after that, I contacted the, the pastor and got uh, WhatsApp uh, conversations and phone numbers. Among them was one um, Sophia Marie de Loreto Chudy. And she worked on the campaign for Nanette Baragan, Congresswoman Nanette Baragan who most recently was in a viral video attacking uh, the ex-head of the Department of Homeland Security, Kirsten right. Nelson, right? Right, and she was going to get
0: fired because she knows everything that's going on and hasn't mitigated it, but yeah.
4: She, but Barragan, I noticed Barragan in videos with Otro Lado's lawyer, Nicole Ramos, and she was also doing these, uh, video. he's got a gotcha videos with Porter and Customs, uh, at the entry points, right? So uh, I was looking through the WhatsApp chat. I found this woman's name. I found her connections. And when I went on her page, I noticed that she was complaining about the treatment of the lawyers from a local level. And she was, she said in, a, in her post that she was effing fuming about it. And her and her family members then proceeded to tag Merkley. So they have a connection to Congress members, not just about who she worked for on her, on her campaign, but also to other members. And Judy is from Oregon. Her family is from Oregon. So I don't know if that is the main or the only source of him getting involved with all of this. What about the attorney after-
0: general of California too?
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But shortly after that, He went to that shelter, the same shelter that this boy was kidnapped from. And he met with unaccompanied minors, including the two girls that were recently kidnapped by the
0: coyote. It wasn't it a coincidence, though, Cindy, you were on air, we were talking about this, and then you write that article, I'm talking about this, and then Mm -hmm. in just like 24, 48 hours after you're on air, you write this, you put it out. He informs, you know, the consulate in Mexico that he and Representative Correa from California will be visiting the site. Is that not creepy?
4: What is even creepier than that? Because the pastor told me that he... Uh, Senator Merkley met with unaccompanied minors without the press present. What press?
0: We didn't see anything, though. Um, There was
4: press from Mexico there.
0: Right. But there wasn't any press from the United States. And I myself, because I, I, I couldn't go to Mexico, I sent it out to very big organizations that I work with and that I write for under pen names or provide information. And none of them sent out anyone either. So that that is very curious, because I tell people that they need to be very careful what, you know, um, they see in the media and how it is being portrayed. And today, for example, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I just want to close on my end, Cindy, so I can tell people to come and hop on on Facebook, too. I just wanted to say this morning. I showed you guys how Julian Assange told the world that he was okay and this arrest was all an illusion. I've also reminded you how, ho- how the mainstream media is clearly simply an extension, a literal extension of Hollywood. They are always about drama, always about keeping us in fear and fear-mongering us and never giving us the truth. And so this crisis here, how is the mainstream media not telling you about the missing children? How are they not talking about the organized crime rings? I mean, Cindy, in our state of North Dakota that nobody even thinks about, right? They don't think about cartels and MS 13 and human. Tra- we have the highest export of human trafficking is in our state. This is a commodity that our state has. How disgusting is that? And a bunch of others too, Arizona, Nevada. And it seems that all of them stem around, you know, native American reservations, but that's a story on another topic. Now for all of you uh, that have joined me on red state, having Cindy, I will have her on again, again, and again please feel free to go on facebook look for 88.1 fm fargo moorhead and um, you can follow the rest of this bonus hour online interactive and you can see cindy's beautiful face too and i will be uploading this uh, so you guys can listen at your leisure on that note from all of us at red state i bid you a great evening god bless and i'll see you all here same time same place monday through friday 12 to 2 thanks for tuning in
4: Thank Just gracias. Cindy,
0: thank, thank you so much us. for coming. Appreciate thank you so much for coming on Red State.
4: Just finishing up. Yes. And we're going to continue this conversation because we have I a lot to talk about. Is- 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 we
0: have a lot, a lot to talk about, a oh, lot yeah. to talk oh, about. So hopefully everyone will join us on Facebook or they can listen to it as I upload it
4: online. But we got we got a nice audience going right now. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear the rest of the story. I've just
0: disconnected off of my radio server, so I'm all yours. Too bad I don't have a pretty face joining.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know what your pretty face looks like. Um, I want to tell you that uh, one of the things that was really disturbing to me was that Senator Merkley had met with these people, these, these, these unaccompanied minors, by himself. And I asked the pastor if he had an opportunity to talk about the American activists to Senator Merkley, because this is a huge problem that everyone in Mexico knows about, right? So he says, yeah, I told him, I told Senator Merkley that we have a big problem here in in Tijuana with American activists going and renting rooms or apartments uh, for these unaccompanied minors, the reason for that is that in Mexico, the unaccompanied minors need to be turned over to the authorities, even if they're you know, going to shelters or whatever. They cannot just take them in the, uh, you know, human services um, equivalent D needs to be notified and they need to take custody of each of these unaccompanied minors. Is that happening? No. The reason for that is because a lot of them are trying to cross into the United States unaccompanied and and petition for asylum. And so the American activists and these lawyers groups are intervening, collecting these kids. They're raising money for them online. I've shown videos on my show where they're talking, crying. They're like Sally Struthers crying (laughs) on these videos going, these poor kids, they're losing hope. Oh, home. We need your money so we can rent them apartments. And I'm thinking,
0: oh, that's goodness. a crime, though. That's a crime, isn't it, Cindy? Because, you know, if, if people that actually follow my work know that I focus on uh, government, public corruption, but also linked to uh, federally and state tax-funded criminal organizations, how they help them operate. And the number one way that they traffic women and children is by renting apartments and stashing them there. That's like the classic MO, so that way you have them housed up, hold up somewhere, so they're nowhere to be found, no authorities have records of them, and they can move them at their own discretion. I mean, the fact that Senator Jeff Merkley and Representative Lou Correa know of these apartments that have toured these secret apartments are accomplices to crimes against children. This and, and, is disgusting.
4: He, he, he was told about it and he didn't write anything about that. You saw the piece that Jen, Jeff Merkley wrote in the medium. You saw it. It was a po- <laughs> It
0: was creepy. It was very <laughs> creepy. I was reading it and I was thinking, oh my gosh, how did he even say that? It was creepy how he was pandering for the children and, uh, you know, the pictures he was using of bicycles, were those outside of the secret apartments?
4: Uh, I don't know where he took all of those. I think he went to six or seven different shelters. Some of them, uh, focused on children, unaccompanied minors. I don't know if all of the shelters that he visited are, um, secret legitimate. apartments.
0: Yeah. Or legit. yeah, Legitimate.
4: Legitimate. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. These American activists are running shelters in Tijuana. I know, for example, the Caritas Shelter is run by Minority Humanitarian Foundation's leader Mark Lane and also Bridges of Love Across Borders' uh, leader Bertie Gutierrez. They're running it. They take all of their donations there. There are businesses like Enclave Calacol, also known as Food Not Bombs in Tijuana, which is like a free restaurant, a free vegan restaurant. But it's also a meeting hub. They have their meetings with the lawyers there. They hold workshops for the migrants there. That's the place where they announce their marches, their protests, their attack on the border wall. All of that happened from Enclave Caracol. So they have strategic points within Mexico. I'm still, still working on uncovering what the network looks like. And it is massive. I'm not just talking about in Tijuana. I'm talking about in all of the states along the route that uh, are, you know, supported by the current administration's party, like Oscar was telling you, where they have shelters, churches. And I was, I mean, I was talking to somebody that's inside the administration, Arnold's administration. I'm talking also with a professor that I'm going to be presenting in San Diego with. Her name is Guadalupe. Correa Cabrera. She's a professor at George Mason University. She's an expert on this topic. And she told me that, you know, in her investigations within the the, country of Mexico, and especially at the southern border, what she noticed, or what she surmises is happening, is that all of these American activists came in with donations and support for these churches and shelters, and they infiltrated them. Many of these folks are now running, managing these locations. And she said what she saw turned her stomach. These shelter people, the, the, the managers of the shelters, many of them men, with very, very young ladies working at local brothels. And this is all happening in the, in the area of Chapas and Oaxaca. She said, Cindy, I wanted to see every single one of those shelters shut down. So this is what's going on in Tijuana on a massive massive scale. The question is, why didn't Senator Merkley mention, even mention the uh, involvement of these American activists and what havoc they are wreaking in Mexico and specifically in Tijuana, where he went to seven or six shelters?
0: Of course he's not going to mention it because it's creepy. And, you know, it all ties in with the firing of Secretary Nielsen. My sources told me that she was out because, uh, first of all, they're talking about the leaks, how DHS has a, a list of a database of lawyers, journalists, and activists that are there targeting this butterfly sanctuary, and that was leaked. And it's said that she's the one that leaked it to give them the heads up. This is what my sources are telling me, and this is why President Trump fired her. Now the left wants to say that DHS has threatened criminal charges to employees who leak information. And that's important because mm-hmm. many people are asking, well, if he knows that all of this are go- is going on, and I think we discussed that too, Cindy, if, 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 President Trump knows that all of this is going on, why isn't he stopping it? Because you can't, because if you stop it dead in its track, uh, you don't get the people that are orchestrating it. You have to let them, expose themselves because as they mitigate for every block you put in, they try to alter their course and they get stuck. And then their true intentions and what they operate and who is part of it and how they're linking and how they're getting money um, pops up. So word on the street is that Secretary Nielsen helped let them know that they're on a watch list so that they can shift and maneuver their course. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is what it is now, you know, in March, uh, San Diego NBC leaked the documents to, um, showing, the, you know, how the authorities are tracking these journalists and immigration advocates, right? Remember it was mm-hmm. San Diego NBC that leaked it. And we had so many people, um, you know, up in arms like Blumenthal, who has really big investments in what container companies that come in from Mexico uh, for his businesses in Brazil and Central America. And we also in January had a 2017 leaked memo showing that uh, Secretary Nielsen had committed perjury, that she didn't say, you know, that these people are under investigation. She didn't pull it up or or do anything of that nature.
4: Wow wow because you know when i first saw this leaked document i was i was pretty ticked off in in a, in a way and i'll tell you why it wasn't like i was mad that that um you know there was a list that they were being investigated it just it reminded me it gave me this ugly deja vu of what happened during standing rock i don't know if you recall but there was a intercept article that showed every one of these uh, activists that we had here at Standing Rock, many of them I've been following and investigating ever since they came and put on that show here that lasted over a year against the Dakota Access Pipeline. These same instigators, the same people, activist leaders that were here are the ones that created the Caravan Support Network, Evan K. Duke the third, that guy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and And they... And they are anarchists. They are Antifa. And they are uh, totally against any kind of border security. They don't, they're saying open borders. They're saying no wall. They're saying let every single one of these people in or else we shut down the border point entries. That's what they're saying. They're like, by any means necessary, we will do this. So I was angry I was angry when that article in the intercept came out because all it really did was notify all of the people that were activists hey you're on government watch list you're being investigated and it also conveniently left out most of the key players it conveniently left out how they were all connected to each other how this was a big uh group of um you know it was like a criminal network right and and it didn't allow for you to see that by whom they selected to put into this article, who they made kind of look like heroes to the people in the movement. So all the way around, it just ticked me off. Okay, so this- so
0: so here's the thing. I wanted to just backtrack a little bit because you were asking, like, oh, you know, I want to see how Merkley was involved. They were tagging him. I'll tell you why. So we all know that during the Obama administration, they were separating children, right? We all know that. And the reason that they were separating them was to kind of uh, determine, because he was under a lot of heat with all these missing kids, complaints from Central American countries where their kids were actually kidnapped. Now this isn't a very public knowledge, but there's documentation throughout ICE and the Department of Homeland Security demonstrating that. So back in um, 2017, there was an internal draft um, by which uh, was distributed to exploring how they can separate families. Now, Jeff Sessions had actually stated that they are bringing state-of-the-art DNA testing to make sure that these people that are saying that they're their kids, that they're actually their children. Right. Um, He said that in 2017. So there was an internal memo. And here's the thing. Secretary Nielsen said, oh, you know, we're not practicing that actively. Right. That's what she said. And so Jeff Merkley, that senator from Oregon, was the one that asked the FBI back in um, he asked the FBI back in January at the beginning of January to open up a perjury investigation into Secretary Nielsen. Because she had perjured herself saying that, you know, we're not looking into separating families. Now they weren't looking into separating families. They were looking into if the child is over the age of 10 to question them while they wait for the DNA results. And that's very expensive you know, to do Mm -hmm. and time consuming if you want it done fast. And so they would ask him questions to make sure that these kids aren't trafficked or they're not, you know, part of those gypsy groups, right? Where the Mm -hmm. kids like run around on their own and um, have just, you know, decided to go because of money or being threatened or extorted. And so he wanted to say, because the memo alleges that um, Secretary Nielsen in June on Twitter Right. Said we don't have a policy of separating families at the border, period. And that is nice. true because they're not separating the families. They are testing to see if they're actually families because this is a problem. So this document was actually from December 16, 2017, and it was given to Merkley's office. So he is spearheading this kid thing he's got some skin in the game, man. So because she said, we don't have a policy of separating families. And in there, it doesn't say we're having a policy of separating families. It's determining to see if they are families. So it's kind of like, you know, the way you see it or the way you read it. And I think every single American, no matter where they sit on the political spectrum, even though I'm the one that says there is no such thing as Republican and Democrat, it's just pro American values or not. That's basically it. Um, that they should all be behind these these things because they're marrying them in Mexico, fake marriages, and then tacking on kids to pretend they're theirs.
4: And fake families. I, I showed right? a video on the show where there was a coyote who was uh, videotaping um, to, you know, the coyotes that they have embedded within the caravan, they call them uh, accompaniment people, but they're coyotes. Let's call them what they are. And they do videos to message to their American activist handlers of where exactly on the route they are. And in one of these videos, the guy that's videotaping walks over to a group of people and he's telling people to get on the transport units. And then uh, one of the kids says to the woman that, he, that he's videotaping, hey, can you be my mom? And she goes, um, sure, shall, shall we adopt him? she says to the camera. And uh, the guy says, I don't know, he looks a little bit too dark to be our kid. And she goes, oh, no, he can pass for our kid. And then she goes, come here, honey. And she gives him a big hug and kiss. And then she turns to the camera and says to the camera guy, let's adopt him. And he goes, okay, let's adopt him. And then some other kid walks up and goes, can I be the brother? And I was just, like, blown away. They were doing it on a live stream.
0: Uh, Because they're that, you know, they get paid to do these things. They think they can get away with it. And that's the thing. What I tell people many, many times who can't fathom – crimes against children sex crimes against children selling them as commodities what i tell people is is that they're desensitized they don't see them as humans anymore they see them as a product as a consumer product and imagine how many of these fake marriages who get tacked along with a 4 year old or a 5 year old that's been kidnapped or you know was just taken in I mean, what makes you think that when they cross the border and they don't show up and they've provided fake documentation, you know, one kid can get you about 50 grand. I mean, didn't we just hear about the lady in Florida who paid her debt by selling her own child, her own child. She sold it for 500 bucks. So she's not in debt and that she has money. She sold her kid. This yeah. is the, you know, people are desensitized. They don't see them as human beings. They see them as commodities. And, you know, those that see them like in in the case of uh, Nexium, you know, where they have the sex slaves and we have even uh, the woman that's running for president, Gillibrand, her dad Ooh. was involved with that. And she still has the face to run. I mean, look at these people. These are high level people. Super rich, like when I remember when I was reporting four years ago about Claire Bronfman who is a lady that drips in pearls. She's got millions and millions of dollars. Remember, she paid a $100 million bond in New York so she doesn't have to go to jail, right? She was trafficking human beings. She had a slave in her closet. She didn't think twice about it because they're not as human as she is. And when I said it, people were like, you're crazy. And I'm like, dude, they don't see you as a human being. You're nothing to them. It's kind of the way Hillary Clinton would respond to people like who are you peasant kind of attitude. And I've met her a few times. And even though I was working on things and I should have at least had some respect, you know, when I'm responding to questions, she would talk down to me too. And, you know, people don't seem to understand. They don't see you as a human being. And this is how this is happening. And down at the border, these people are, have been paid to travel there. They see America as their golden ticket to, to welfare, right? Right. Mm -hmm. golden ticket to an easy life where they don't have to hustle they don't have to prostitute themselves or whatever they'll be trained they'll get a job they'll get a house and they're willing to do anything and if you give them a kid that they can get 50 grand for especially if his genetic makeup is wanted you're laughing they really don't care about that child it's just a means to a way and we have actual parents that have you know held that baby in their tummy for nine months, that rent them out for sex, that sell them for their drugs. You know, how are you not able to understand that these people that have no connection with these children that are less fortunate that are, what are they from a lesser, you know, children of a lesser God? Like, what is this? And that's, what's upsetting that people aren't focused on this orchestrated event of allowing an invasion into the United States but also what they're doing to the people that they're bringing in. Because do you think all of them come in and just get situated? We don't have the money for that, do we Cindy? Do we have the money to house them all? We
4: don't. And you know, in Mexico, people are hip to this. Here in the United States, it's kind of like harder for people to grasp that people are trafficking children and trafficking them for sex. And so in Mexico, it's like people are very aware, you know, organized crime is out in the open and corruption is out in the open. So people are confronting these lawyers. Uh, um, Nicole Ramos was recently speaking at a university and uh, Oscar tried to question her. Oscar tried to uh, go into this event, but it was not allowed. But there's a woman uh, that that uh, shared a video online on his page that was there. And she questioned Nicole Ramos when when she was talking about the family separation here in the United States, she actually yelled at her and said, hey, there's a reason. It's because of the children being trafficked. They're separating parents from kids that aren't really theirs. They're separating people uh, from children that are not theirs. And she was livid. She started rattling off all the different documents that support the fact that these were their parents. And never once mentioned DNA testing so that really uh, it's a, I mean, a red flag for me that they are si- that this lawyer is talking about how uh, American I mean American authorities are letting these kids slip through the, the cracks essentially by letting them out of the detention facilities within a few days with people that may not be their parents that may be trafficking these kids and I have to wonder how many hundreds how many thousands has that already happened to? Because I just interviewed the mother of one of these kids that was kidnapped. And I was floored. I, I I thought for sure when I got her number, I would be calling a woman who has been sitting there in Honduras this entire time, sick with worry that she had no idea where her kid was. That, of course, she didn't know her kid had run off. And joined a caravan. Her 15-year-old teenage daughter had run away from home somehow, and she's probably sitting by the phone wondering where she was. But I was wrong. I was wrong. Because I called her and I told her, and she already knew about it. When I asked her, Did you did you know your daughter had left and joined a caravan? She was like, Yeah, I did. And then she tried to explain herself. And it told me that, you know, she was studying, but she didn't want to keep going to school. And so she so she told her mom she was going to get an apartment and start working. And her mom said, you can't do that. You're a minor. She wanted her to stay in school, but her daughter was determined. Her daughter was determined that she was going to quit school and that she was going to leave. So ultimately, she said, I had to support her. And, you know, she told me that she was going to be going in a caravan that had cousins of hers with her so she felt better about it and i couldn't imagine uh uh, any parent feeling okay when you know that 90 some percent of the women and girls that are traveling as migrants through mexico are going to be raped most of them go on birth control before they leave their destination because they know they're going to be raped
0: for food for water they'll let men do anything they want to them some of them are um, suddenly create addictions they give them medications to uh, medications or drugs to make yeah. them feel better uh, you know that's that's horrible I mean I'm a parent Cindy so are you and I can't fathom any situation I mean I didn't want my kid working till she was 18 my kids going off to boot camp I know where she's going and it terrifies me you know and and she's 18 now so I, I can't fathom it and and you know that that's hard for me as a struggle and I think everybody else can't fathom situations like that either this is why they're finding it difficult but you know what I wanted to ask you seriously though because I've been thinking about this okay they've got this huge push on pushing all these migrants across the border as if you know how drug addicts when they're on their last line of coke or their last hit on heroin they just do it at a one go because they know it's going to stop do you think they're making this massive push um, you know because they know it's going to end or is it you know part of their orchestrated idea of creating this North American Union by creating a social collapse Um, like what is the the end game. Think about it. Like, I sit back and I'm like, all right, let's pretend I'm the people of Al otro lado. Let's pretend I'm the DNC that's funding, right? The Democratic National Committee and all these senators and congresspersons on both sides because we have some corrupt Republicans too. Oh, um, yeah. We can't just say all the Democrats. It's the majority of, well, it's all the Democrats and there's a lot of Republicans too. So they're all funding this. Why? Is it the votes? because we're fixing the voter fraud voter fraud right we're going to be cracking down on that for 2020 so what is it to collapse our economy to have them you know destroy us economically like what is the end goal or are they just trying to rush as many children women and men across the border because it's going to stop like what is the end game because it's not only the united states that's collapsing but they're killing The Mexicans, who are the middle people between the caravans that are coming until they go to the border of the United States. I mean, that's the ultimate question. And I've been battling through it. I'm like, all right, they're losing a lot of money in trade. Uh, They've got skin in the game. You know, like Pelosi, she's got a huge shipping company. Uh, interest. And most of those go through the border. Beto, you know, huge interest. He's He owns railways like his family owns railways that come across the border from Mexico to the U.S. through property his family owns. So what's on that property? And it's privately inspected, not ac- according to the FRA. So these are all questions. And I'd like you to like kind of speculate because I'm stumped. I'm like, okay, it could be... uh, For me, it would be social collapse, right? An overrun government where you can't do anything and all they're doing is pandering to emotions and feelings of people that don't seem to, to conceive the idea that having an open border and having people just come because they want to or infiltrate us at invasion numbers, not proper migration numbers, invasion numbers is normal. And so this is for social collapse. What do you think? I mean, why are they so
4: adamant about it? What do you think? I, I have a couple of uh, speculations about uh, the outcomes. Because, I mean, frankly, if you want to talk about a motive, uh, it's difficult for sure to land on something. But outcomes, outcomes are pretty clear. Um, and what is going to happen, what we know from people inside of the Morena party in Mexico is that they're open borders. They're not going to stop that. They're not going to, quote, unquote, do um, Trump's dirty work for him and stop the, the caravans. That's been the messaging from that party the entire time. It hasn't changed. Marcel Brag just went on uh, uh, television again to say that this is going to keep, keep happening, that the caravans are going to keep coming. Uh, an insider that I spoke to told me this is now the new normal. You need to get used to it. And I'm like, how? How how do you get used to this? And I was was really um, uh, surprised that there was no response from this person who's an insider in this uh, party in Mexico to say, like, this is going to be a huge economic disaster for Mexico. So we're working on it or we're going to try to do this. But instead saying, uh, yeah, we're not going to do anything about it. It's going to keep happening. So I have to look at where the money is. Where is the money? Where is all of this coming from? Because ultimately, people are making bank money hand over fist in Mexico and in the United States. On both sides of the aisle, Tory, they are making money hand over fist. Look, the detention facilities and the private prison system are a huge, huge industry. So now, uh, too, are all of these shelters and these, um, you know, uh, different services that are giving uh, assistance to migrants and and, uh, undocumented people. That didn't really exist before. I mean, the private prisons and the the detention facilities did, but not all of this funding going out to people for these shelters and these migrant um, services, okay? Like Gavin Newsom is giving out millions in California to these American groups. They're all standing in line Many of them just came out of nowhere. They just started their organizations three or four years ago, have no history in doing anything with immigration or with migrants or anything like that. Doesn't matter. They're getting millions from Gavin Newsom to do this work. So yeah, there's a lot of money to be made. The question I have is what happens when the gravy train does run out or what happens when they've taken in all of this money? Because I don't think it's really going to go where it's supposed to go. My experience from watching these activists raise millions to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline, to stop this next other thing, to do disaster relief for Puerto Rico, was that they were lining their own pockets, keeping the the majority of the money, and not using it for what they said they were going to use it for. So where does that leave all of these illegal people that are going to be running rampant in our country? It leaves them out in the street for the American taxpayer to have to absorb and take care of. And that's something that I don't think that is being anticipated on the massive level that is going to happen. Because it's going to take a long time to clean up, what is it, over a million people that have now come into this country undocumented. You think that ICE is going to have the capacity? You think that our, our courts are going to have the capacity to deal with all of these people? It's not going to happen for years and years. I would guess at least a decade for that to start, you know, having a dent made into it. So, outcomes. We're going to have a massive surge in the need for immigration judges, in the need for border security, in the need for more ICE agents, and also we're going to have to have a massive expansion of detention facilities because we have... Uh, millions of people coming that are going to continue to pour into our country. And it doesn't seem like anybody here or in Mexico is willing to stop the gravy train. They're going to milk it, milk it until it is dry. Well,
0: you, you know, I wanted to say something on that. So basically, uh, think about it this way. I was uh, listening to someone commentating last night while I was driving around late uh, on the radio where they said if someone was to steal um, money, right? Say they robbed a bank and they took all that money and they put it into a trust fund for their kid, right? And then uh, 20 years later, the kid has access to this trust fund uh, that the parents created with stolen money, well, do we legally have the right to take that money back from the kid since it was stolen?
4: Well, um, Yes, of course. OK, because the kid stolen didn't know that it was illegal, line.
0: right? The kid didn't know it was illegal, but the bottom line is that money's stolen. So, how he put it together is, what do we do with all these children that are being brought over from the border, either their parents or not parents? I say, say the ones that are, that come over and, you know, they were born here or they were taken as little children. What do you do in that case? The children didn't break the law, but the parents did. And see, that's a question that President Trump has put forward. What do we do with these children that were born here through illegal parents, right? Illegal migrants or that were brought over here illegally that may indeed have come over with their parents or not. We can't just send them back because this is the only country they know, right? So There this has
4: is, to be a case-by-case case basis story. You have to examine it on a case-by-case case by case by case by
0: case basis. basis. Exactly. And this it is has- why Barr asked for more money uh, yesterday, saying that we need to have more immigration judges. Do you know that we have the highest number now under Trump immigration judges ever in the history of the United States, and they have a backlog of over 830,000 immigration cases, 830,000, that's unheard of, 635 judges that we have now, how did they get through 830,000 cases where people don't even turn up? Because they're scared that they're going to get deported, and they know that they will get deported. The majority well, of them are in our prisons too. I mean, we should start there. Just get rid of well, them. Well,
4: well, Let me let me just let me just uh, disabuse you of of a notion that a lot of people have about what's happening. The majority of the people that are either trying to stop a deportation for or applying for asylum, and um, I, I would guess that um, vast majority of that um, backlog of eight hundred thousand people are not asylum seekers. They're not. Petitioning for asylum, because a very, very small percentage of people qualify for asylum. Most ethical lawyers will tell you they won't even take a case unless it has a chance. I mean, it's a good case because they're not going to waste their time. Uh, uh, Journeys for immigration don't get paid on a contingency basis. They They get paid up front. And immigration law is the most complicated law, I would say, bar none, except for maybe tax law. So they're not going to waste the court's time, and they're not going to waste their own time. They're not going to waste the resources of, a, of an immigrant to take an asylum case all the way to a trial that they're going to lose. That's just ridiculous. So why do we have people by the thousands doing it now? Why do we have all of these pro bono attorneys? I know they
0: don't, <laughs> no, Cindy. I, I I know my husband is a is a resident alien, right? And Great. he just renewed his 10 year resident alien visa because he's like, no, I still want to stay British. And I'm like, why? There's no <laughs> there's no more Britain. They're not even going to Brexit. They're just going to ignore what the people voted for. But it, it is a very expensive process, even for oh, yeah. him who has, you know, two children that are American, a wife that is an American. You know, it still costs us, oh, you know, nearly a thousand dollars just to renew after 10 years. Um, and imagine if you need an attorney there, they cost a fortune. And so, yeah. So then, so then, think about uh, where are these people getting paid? I mean, you don't go to law school and incur, you know, two hundred thousand dollars. Sometimes, even you know, from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and not get paid. Uh, So someone's paying these, um, you know, newly sprouted immigration attorneys because newly sprouted. Yes, newly sprouted. There's like so many of them. Everyone's like an immigration Mm -hmm. law. Wasn't Avenatti? you know, who was just indicted again for other things, dabbling in immigration law too. I mean, all these these lawyers, all of them. And the question is who's paying them and why are you paying them? And why are you so adamant? Why can't we use point systems like other countries? We want migrants, but we want it at a steady flow. And history can tell you what happens when you have a huge migrant movement. And this isn't migration. The numbers tell of invasion. Look at Europe. They're on fire. They literally on fire. And if not, let's look at some more an established uh happening. Think of China. Back when Mao was ruling, because the Chinese are people that are very conservative, right? They don't let you become a citizen anymore. You can't. You're either born Chinese or you can come and work, but you can't be Chinese. But what Mao did was, because he was an imperialist type, right? He was like, we're just going to take over everyone because we've got, you know, 14% of the world's population in our country. We're going to take over. And what did he do? He opened up his borders. And when he did that, what happened? The Great Famine. And this, this has been a repeating thing for the Chinese. The Chinese are smart. They were like every single time we've aggressively tried to grow as a country, we've had collapse through dynasties, et cetera. So this is exactly the MO. I mean, how I see it. And it's, it is all about money and power because there's only a few in power that if they create this collapse to Mexico and the United States, opening up the border completely and creating no division, no border between the two countries. And let's be honest, American work ethics and, and, and culture completely different from Mexicans. You do not see Americans taking siestas. And I totally love siestas by the way. But, you know, they take them because it's hot and and they do that in Greece, too, by the way. Every summer, my grandparents would spank me if I would make noise between the hour of 1230 p.m. until 5 because that was sleepy time and even the shops were closed during that time. They would reopen in the afternoon. So, you know, the culture is different. The work ethic is different. The environment is different. What makes you think that if we created an open society between Mexico, Canada and the U.S. that we would work well i mean look at europe they've been neighbors for thousands of years and they can't work well together so i i I, it's all about economic collapse and allowing to have power into those hands of few and those hands of those few that are propelling this invasion are the ones that want this collapse because they are in power right now and it is all about money and you know it's it's Uh, It's so disheartening to see how many people ignore the facts and they're going with feelings. And I feel for every single person that's running away from Honduras or Guatemala because they've, you know, I've been to the ugly side of Brazil myself. You know, it's really bad it's you know the 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 some of these neighborhoods are really bad you you're 11 and if you don't want your family slaughtered you have to perform a sexual favor for the dude next door or else he and his gang will come and slaughter everyone and you just do it because what can i do i don't want my mom and dad dead uh, you know there are really really heartbreaking things, but these happen in america too yeah, and and no one is saying. Well, we have gangs in America that do this. We don't, you know, they're not running for refuge everywhere. They're not coming in droves because most of these people that are coming on these caravans don't seem like they're running away from
4: anything. Instead, they seem quite organized. So yeah, and I've already and I always try to explain this to people Uh, because I know a lot about uh, migration and I've worked. With, I, know, I was trained by immigration agents to help people get their citizenship or visas for work, etc. So I've been doing this since I was 17 years old and translating the court systems and for immigration attorneys and in detention facilities. And I've heard story after story after story. I know how it works. People don't leave their country without knowing where they're going, how they're going to get there, how they're going to cross into the United States and that they have a job waiting for them. They're coming to a certain destination where they know there will be work for them, either because a family member procured the work for them or because it's a place that they come and work at every year or every season. That's how it has always worked. People don't just get together on a WhatsApp chat by the tens of thousands and decided to depart Saying fuera jo, fuera ho, fuera ho. <laughs> It just doesn't happen. And 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 by the way, the beginning uh caravans, they're not doing this as much anymore, but they all were chanting out with ho. Juan Orlando Hernandez, the dictator of Honduras. It was like they had a political agenda, like they were marching activists, not asylum seekers, not immigrants. They sounded like protesters that's how they greeted each other like they were in a cult or something instead of saying hello to each other they would say jo. and it was like where does this propaganda come from why are they violating the sovereignty of mexico bringing these people in as protesters into the country against honduras president and i'm not i'm not gonna you know give kudos to the dictator of honduras I'm sure he's every bit as horrible as many of the people in that country say that he is. But is this our first Latin American dictator? Because I'm I'm pretty sure, sure that there's been a whole bunch of them. And it didn't empty out the countries that they were from. We didn't give them all asylum. This wasn't a thing. It's not a thing. This is not normal. I will repeat.
0: Of course, it's not normal. And what you were saying about asylum and seeking asylum, you know, uh, you remember the Venezuelan doctor that uh, during a conference where they were talking about Venezuela with uh, Vice President Prince. uh, Do you remember that meeting? Did you remember seeing it? No. Okay, so there were people that actually left Venezuela for political asylum. And there was this one guy who was a professor, a doctorate. Um, I think he was actually practicing medicine and he had a really hot wife too. (laughs) And (laughs) what they did was they up and left their house, their jobs, everything, and paid someone to drive them to Colombia. And when you seek asylum, you seek asylum in a neighboring country usually. Yes. And so what they did was they, 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 they illegally entered Colombia and then they applied for asylum to that country and multiple other countries in case Colombia would extradite them, right, to Venezuela. So these are really important things that people need to pay attention to. Um, it's kind of like how I was uh, referring back to Ilhan Omar, how she got asylum and became a refugee here in the United States. Um, mm. She received um, refugee status an asylum in Kenya and she was living there fine for four years and then she applied to come to the United States as a refugee but no one was chasing her Mm -hmm. so you know this is just I'm just putting out a very staunch example out there right so look at all these people that are coming from Honduras that are coming from you know El Salvador from Guatemala they're all coming up are they like that doctor did they run for their lives and have yeah. a real reason to escape? Is yeah. is saying that I come from a neighborhood where it's a shack or I come from a neighborhood with gang violence? I mean, we have a lot of that in Chicago and New York. Do people go apply asylum to other states? No. They no. seek to get out of it. Just like in every other country, there's bad neighborhoods and bad circumstances. And if indeed you require asylum because you're politically chased down, you need to demonstrate that. I don't see See how a 10 year old leaves Honduras and applies for asylum under what umbrella or this 15 year old that left her house under what umbrella are you going there? You have a mom and dad or like that woman. You remember that, that child, that picture at time magazine where they had the child crying and they put president Trump and the child was crying and they were like, Oh my God, it's because she was separated because she put the daughter down and they just made it a big lie. Um, that woman actually left her husband and children took his money to come to America with her daughter and asked for asylum. Asylum for what though? She's been shipped back, right? They want to know why she took that one child, but this guy was sitting there and he, his wife left him and she left him to say, Oh, I'm going to America because I don't like you. Do you remember that case? Yeah, I do. And that's insane. Right. But that's insane. You don't like your husband. You have three healthy kids that are in high school. You're obviously from a well-off family. Why are you coming to the border with your child? Mm -hmm. With your toddler child who the government separated from you at some point because they were curious as to if it has undergone sexual abuse because that happens Mm
4: -hmm.
0: along the border when you walk around with these coyotes. They're not the best people. So, you know, it it makes you wonder just, you know, where humanity is at. Where's the moral compass for the people in the United States to say, all right, man, I'm not believing this anymore, because how are kids asking for asylum? It's not like, you know, the president of Honduras is coming after the children and saying you are my political enemy.
4: I mean, no. And, and let me just say that. A lot of the migrants that were that have been questioned on television uh, in Mexico, um, they are saying very clearly uh, they don't want to stay in Mexico. They have no interest in staying in Mexico. When they were being given humanitarian visas, and remember, a lot of them were in Tijuana, so they're giving humanitarian visas in a city that after AMLO took presidency – had a doubling of their wages. Right along the border, uh, AMLO doubled the uh, people's wages to give them uh, economic incentive. And so the folks that were there from the migrant caravan that got their humanitarian visa had the right to rent, to work, to travel freely throughout the country. And many of them, months, months, after they had been there, Still didn't have a job, were still at a shelter. And reporters were asking them, Do you have a job? Do you plan to get a job? Do you want one? there they were holding job fairs for these folks? Companies were coming to the shelters and taking people. I mean, the Mexican people, they respect migration, they respect workers, and they want, you know, they wanted to offer these folks an opportunity like, like the one that they claim to be seeking right and they said no we don't want to work for what we would get here we, we want to earn american dollars we're not going to stay here what would be the point of us getting a job here if we're going to go and cross the border illegally next weekend? what's the point yeah and or get free to- housing
0: money food stamps free education too in some states right why would they want to work it's kind of like you know, that candidate for president for the Democrats gang. He's like, oh, I'll just give you guys a $1,000. Anyone over the age of 18, you get $1,000 for doing absolutely nothing. I mean, that's, that's the thing. There's no incentive, no drive, and they don't really want a better life somewhere. They want to go to the United States where they feel they'll get free things because their friends told them they did
4: it. And in, in order, okay, in order to claim asylum based on the fact that they are in danger of losing their lives. They're making things up about Mexico, the authorities, the police, the NAMI. There is corruption in Mexico, not going to lie, okay? It's a problem. It's everywhere. We have really big corruption here too, so. Right, right, right. But the way that these uh, asylum seekers are trying to portray the Mexican authorities the Mexican people is absolutely false, and it's disgusting. It's it's stomach-turning to me as a Mexican American to see the Mexican people bending over backwards. The Mexican authorities, uh, you know, four federal authorities have been murdered. Right? They're not. It, it there was it was incredible scene at the border where they were literally beating up border officials. They killed uh, two of them on, on one occasion. And the, the, the federal police just opened the gate and let them go through because one of the migrants, uh, because of the rush of people, had passed out. He didn't lose his life uh, because he was and squished in the rush to try to get into Mexico. <clears throat> but the Mexican authorities had so, so much concern for anyone else being hurt, even though they were the ones hurting themselves, that they absolutely opened the gate. To, why? And let them in. This is what's happening. Meanwhile, they are saying that the Mexican authorities are abusing them, that the Mexican people are racist, that they don't want them in the country because they're xenophobic, and it's just not true. And in order to do this, they're even making up fake crimes. They're making up fake crimes saying, Irina Mujica, the leader of Pueblos Sin Fronteras, just put out on Twitter, you you should go look at his Twitter, that Somebody burned his vehicle, and it looks like there's a char mark on the back part of the, his van. And somebody tried to kill him inside of his house or apartment. And, and, they, and they showed a picture of a burned uh, couch in front of his door. The fire <laughs> didn't reach inside. And they burned this stuff outside, but he is now claiming that people are trying to kill him. All of these folks that are within this movement. are are saying that they are in, in, in a constant threat in Mexico, and it's simply not true. It's a ploy so that they can claim asylum in the United
0: States. Well, yeah, I I mean, I felt really bad for the southern border agents of Mexico when they were pushing down on the gates and pushing through and trampling. I mean, we see it all the time. If we're in a ballpark, a mall or something like that and something goes off, how many people die from being trampled? And, you know, and if they get trampled, they'll say, oh, you did it. And these people, rather than the media, uh, misconstrue what happens because that's what happens. They take a close-up shot and yeah. show them pulling people up or pushing them and saying, you killed them, uh, you know, or kind of like the, the child that came across our border and died from dehydration and malnutrition and we did whatever we could to save the child and they died. It was the U.S.'s fault. You know, this is how they misconstrue things. And, you know, a lot of people, I got a lot of emails from my listeners that are also um, listening um, to us on Facebook. The, The question is, are there enough jobs in Mexico? Of course there are. They don't have that high of an unemployment rate and they're a top tourist location. Uh, People can set up shop. There's a lot of uh, small areas where they can expand and assimilate and create communities just like we did in the United States in the past. I mean, uh, my family came from Greece and we have like, you know, Greek neighborhoods in New York, California and Florida and Chicago, and they all kind of assimilate together within the new country. I mean, that can happen, but they don't want that to happen because they want to go to the United States. Because that's what they were tasked to do. Um, so the the thing that I'm more concerned about is the participation of elected officials mm-hmm. of the attorney general in California of mayors yeah. of border towns of law enforcement of customs and border patrol agents of uh, you know senators and house members who are pushing this this is where americans need to be on the same page and say it is a humanitarian crisis because we're giving them the hope that there is a possibility of them coming to the united states and it's better from wherever they are apparently um and if we don't stop that it's just going to keep coming back and there was something thing that you mentioned about a new caravan formed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell me about yeah. that
4: there's well they're they're saying that there are uh over seven hundred children under the age of ten within this new caravan. This has just been reported today in fact i'll uh, I'll share the story on uh, my Facebook page as soon as we get done with the show. It was just sent to me. This morning, and it's pretty disturbing that there are so many small children. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't this feel, doesn't this sound to you like somebody is selling children? (laughs) Well, they do that all
0: the time. Children. I mean, come on, Cindy, let's just break it down. selling children is normal. I mean, you saw just in our tiny, tinny state, our recent state auditors um, report where one person was paid $750,000 for an adoption. I mean, that's on the state auditor's report, uh, you know, so things like this happen. It's just that no one's paying attention because people are too busy looking down at their phones and just accepting what mainstream media says. And anyone who, who like you, says anything different, you're just crazy, Cindy. That's the way it is. And, you know, the mainstream media would be reporting this if it was true. And... Slowly but surely, people are waking up to it, figuring out these fake news because videos are drip, drip, drip online showing uh, the illegal crossings, uh, showing, uh, you know, prayer rugs being found. Because I think a lot of people think it's only Central Americans. They're just a distraction. We have people that are traveling with fake passports from Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela has been issuing fake passports to countries of West and Eastern Africa, and they're coming in here.
4: And, and then, how how strange is this? Okay, mm-hmm. this is just reported in the media recently, and I was like freaking out. I'm like, where did this come from? I'm going to share an article with you that just came out. I was like, what? This is uh, an article that came out about um, a uh, a person that's being extorted and threatened by coyotes. It was an AZ Central, and I, I'd like to get your commentary on this because uh, recently, you're right, Mexico's been overrun with all sorts of immigrants. Um, one that I found particularly, a group of them that I found particularly interesting was about six weeks ago, um, some Russians arrived, right? And it is precisely a father a Russian man That is, in this article, I just shared the link in the comments of the show, named Alexander Chazov, who is the central figure of this story, complaining that he is being threatened. Now, the reason I bring up uh, this article and mention how strange it is to me is that the Mexican government and uh, the people of Mexico have known this entire time that people that are in these caravans are being sorted for money, that they're being threatened by organized crime. is like, that's nothing new. But the fact that the face of this article is a Russian, a Russian family that is facing extortion by from the cartels in Mexico is very interesting. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, no. I mean, we've seen it all the time. There were exposes by mainstream media when they used to kind of report some of the news, how they all come in uh, through other countries getting fake passports like from Panama or Venezuela or Brazil back in the day or Argentina back in the day. Um, I'm looking at it and he is a software engineer who fled for political repression in Russia and had landed in Mexico several weeks earlier. So they're flying in. Visa, you know, um, mm-hmm. visa stayovers, you know, we have a lot of those in the United States too, right? From every single country, they come here on a holiday visa and just never leave and claim asylum. So he went to Mexico in order to find his way somewhere right either the united states or stay in mexico and now he found out that um when he got there he believed it was money but without speaking spanish he understood that something was really wrong with the conversation and that he later found out that they were affiliated with cartels and the local mafia kind of like the what do we have it in north dakota the good old boy club right so um they're actively preying on newly arrived immigrants extorting them uh and you know he said that he told them that he was from the u.s they tried to follow him um and they called the police i see this it's pretty interesting that people don't seem to understand how cartels work how organized crime organization works let's pretend uh, you me and four other people decided that we want to you know grab john and extort him right and John is like this average dude. I don't know. He's an optometrist, right? <laughs> he looks at eyes all day and checks glasses. And we're like, hey, listen, we're the cartel. We're the mob. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go clean up this mess where we're going to kill people or you're going to go hustle these people across the border because we tell you to or else we slaughter your whole family. Right. How do you respond to that? You can't go to the police with it because the police are definitely in the pocket. We all know this from yes. when, from the early days of bootlegging, right? In the twenties, uh, the mafia had who the media and the police in their pocket. And this is why I keep circling back to the fact that president Trump is cracking down on law enforcement that are cooperating with organized crime rings. So, wow. It's pretty incredible that people don't read these, um, these articles that come out. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty incredible.
4: And I, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, close out our hour here pretty soon, but I just wanted to share with you that while we were doing our show, while we were doing the show together, I was called by the pastor of this shelter four times. Obviously, I could not take a call, so I really want to get to him because this this man yesterday took a group of these unaccompanied minors to go and give their declarations about what Oscar said, which is that this coyote was uh, offering them a passage into the United States in exchange for sex. This guy is a pedo, okay? And what did they do when uh, the pastor called 911, when the people of the shelter that were reporting him called 911 to report that he had taken 10 people, including these three uh, minors? they they charged him with disorderly conduct they the cop oops ignored the 911 call didn't put the right documentation of what he was being sought for and they let him out within 36 hours
0: That's incredible. That is so telling. So the people that are reporting, asking questions and reporting these crimes are then in turn being punished, kind of like we saw how James O'Keefe exposed voter fraud in New Hampshire and the attorney general is charging him with a crime, which is asking questions.
4: So he was trying to make this whole situation more public, you know, he contacted me, he contacted other media, he's been on, I don't even know how many different television stations in Mexico. But he exposed the fact, and he continues to expose the fact that reporting these children, their their situations in these underground apartments, and these uh, that these activists are paying for the exploitation that is, you know, it's the situation is ripe for exploitation of these unaccompanied minors, the the, the kidnappings, etc., and that the police and the authorities are not doing anything to investigate these these criminals. Um, and when he took all of these children to this human rights place to get, to make this declaration, uh, which by the way, didn't go anywhere because he, he then reported to me that they told him after they, these people went in, these kids went in that they were, you know, their hands were tied. They really couldn't do anything. And while that was happening, it wasn't enough for them to be able to do an investigation on this guy or to put out a warrant for him. Uh, while that was happening, Oscar was waiting outside to do an interview with the pastor and the kids when they came out so that he could expose what these kids went there to declare. And somebody from inside came and told Oscar, could he please not report on this? Could he please keep this under wraps? They were, you know, they were working out something and they didn't want him to report. He believed that. I, the Mexican government is aware of what they're doing and they don't want anyone to know about it. Well,
0: um, you know, and that, and that questions, are they in on it so that way they can hang them. you know, that the criminals themselves and the traffickers hang themselves? But I have to say that this pastor, we should all pray for him. And, you know, I would tell him, why not go to the border and talk to ICE directly and tell them what you know? and work with them, because the United States is taking this very seriously.
4: And but Hopefully, he's listening to you. Pearl.
0: Hopefully, because, you know, my contacts within ICE, and by the border in Yuma, Tijuana, and down by El Paso, they are looking for people that would help them figure out what is going on and if people together come together and say enough is enough we need to fix this and cooperate with the good guys because in Mexico unfortunately you don't know who the good guys are because they're so blended into each other Um, and because of such a stronghold by the border with cartels it's really dangerous for them so you know that would be the best we should just pray for him Um, Mm -hmm. he's in a very difficult predicament. He has children that are innocent children. Uh, This should never be happening anywhere, uh, especially to a child, not saying that an adult deserves it any better, but these are children. And if we are helping and facilitating uh, by, by having an open border for these coyotes to think they have a chance of making this money, they will go to the most extensive lengths, to get it done uh, so for when you speak to him tell him I am praying for him mm-hmm. and I applaud him for at least giving joy whatever it is that he does for these children for that time that he's with them and hopefully he can educate them uh, as well as he can but he should you know ask for an appointment with someone on the U.S. side of Border Patrol
4: definitely definitely thank you so much for your comments Thank you for being with me here on Mexican Crossing Lines. I had a great time being on Ferd Says. On Red State Radio. We have all your info for your show. On the screen. You can go to RedStateTalkRadio.com. And listen to Tori's show. Show. Uh, noon to 2. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, it is.
0: And please state yours because I'm going to upload this for everyone so they can follow you and, uh, you know, tune in to your live shows on Facebook, which I always watch. As you see, I kind of yeah. put you in the background when I'm, you know, doing the dishes or cooking for my family when you pop up, uh, and you have, you're just a wealth of information and it's so great to see so many people globally use their, you know, be citizen investigative journalists and target, Wrongdoings throughout our planet and reporting them. Thank you so much for everything you do. I can't wait to have you back on to the Tori says show. My fans love you.
4: Thank you. I really appreciate that, and i I feel like we don't talk enough. I really do. We have to do this more often. Definitely. Yeah. On definitely. The Mexican Crossing Lines on eighty eight point one FM Fargo Moorhead on Facebook at at uh, Media underscore PPP on Twitter. You can find our channel on YouTube at Duke1517. Say hi, Duke. You haven't spoken all this time. I'm still here. In the background. Keeping things going. That's right. And um, check our our channels out, Mexican Online, here on Facebook, The People's Press Project, and kpppfm.com. That's it for today here on Mexican Crossing Lines with choices, And we also had... Oscar Iblu Ramirez on tonight. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you.